darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Fire in the hole, Jason. Fire in the hole, Richard. So this is a special episode. Yeah. Um, we went to the movies. <laughs> Richard and Jason go to the movies. <laughs> we went to see Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. Justice. <laughs> it would have been better for a bit. Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so badass that way. It would have been a little bit funny, mm. which the movie isn't. So, um, first half. Right, we approach it kind of more in a right. No spoilers, first half, and that's about sixty minutes. Yeah. So if you if if you want to be spoiler free, you can safely listen to the first hour. Correct. Yeah, we we kind of went more general. We discussed the characters a little bit, our expectations, mm-hmm. and uh, just stayed away from any specifics. The you next know. hour, we went into deep into spoiler territory. So if yeah. you've seen the movie, if you haven't seen the movie, be aware. There are spoilers ahead at the one-hour mark. Yes, so we invited our good friend Jamie uh, Wicken uh, to come back, one half of the microaggressors tag team, um, (laughs) to come back because we know that this movie is not only near and dear to his heart, but uh, he is generally considered to be... uh, Well, he's he's one of the last, you know, few uh, enthusiastic film goers. He still, he wants to believe... Well, if we were putting the actual Superman on trial, we could call him as a like a character witness. <laughs> exactly, he's he's an expert. Right? He is a, definitely an expert, and also he his opinion differs from ours, and that, that that's to me a good conversation. Yeah, well, I don't think it was that uh, that different. Yep. All in all, we overall it was pretty positive. I'd say. I think so. I think so. So um, yeah, uh, tune in if you wanna if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, we uh, we definitely had some fun discussing it. Yeah, it was great. Good times. Where were the other drugs going? I never knew. The... Wait, what? I said, where are the other drugs going? Why, why are you talking like that? It's a bad voice. It's a bad. Really kind of goes against the whole dark no, Batman no, no. thing. Are you kidding me? I worked on that like all day. I was like bat, sonar, high, squeaky. It's not scary. It's silly. I ran this by Alf. I ran this by people I know, and they loved it. It's bad. Bad! Wow. This is embarrassing. Can I please show you another one? Sure. Where were the other drugs going? Fuck face. Malkovich? Yeah. He's scary. He's like, I'm better. I'm stronger. I'm Batman. So, uh, welcome, Jamie. Hello. Welcome back, Jamie. Jamie, we can. Happy to be Wicken. here, guys. I, I, I'm going to stick with we can. Right. We can works, too. It's my stage name. We can work it out. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, welcome back, Jamie. That was good. I like that. Uh, it's a special episode. Uh, every episode is special, but this is a special episode because we're going to do one of our um, random reviews 
of yeah. a movie that everyone's talking about or not or seen or hasn't. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> 2. <laughs> Doubtfire again. No, I don't know. I don't know. Mrs. Doubtfire 2. <laughs> I want to see Mrs. Doubtfire 2 with a CG Robin Williams. You know, just to make it truly horrific. Too soon. Too oh, soon. Yeah. That would be horrible. <laughs> After Benjamin Button, I feel everything is possible at this point. We've crossed all lines. I got to say, it's a brilliant move on uh, Brad Pitt's part, where he's sort of trying to offset the fact that he's getting old and he's 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 not like the boy toy years are gone. Mm. So he starts making movies where they uh, overage him, and then when you see him at the premiere, like, oh shit, he looks good, you know? Wasn't Benjamin Button like? 10 years ago or some shit yes <laughs> yeah. yes it was yeah but he's like 55 right so at the Is time it? you know yeah. maybe it was like a midlife crisis movie maybe yeah. uh, Al Pacino started doing that too at some point where he'd get these roles where he was way older than he actually was but he was still old, old as fuck but then he made like in Godfather Part 3 we thought we're like wow okay he's at that stage now and then you see him and you're like oh, okay wait no he's actually not that old yet he's it's true he's eh? trying to be senior I never noticed that really yeah even in Scent of a Woman he kind of like was a bit like he seemed older than he actually was than he actually was yeah and maybe now it was a blindness though that could have happened maybe it was a blindness yeah. um, by the way Richard speaking of blindness I, I watched the new Jimmy Carr special on Netflix okay I st- he still he still performs like he's blind I still feel like <laughs> I, have, I, I thought he was blind for the longest time he thought he was time. blind really? for like a really long time watch next time you watch Jimmy Carr just pretend just imagine he's blind and it works he looks like he's blind because he I doesn't I am live here in Montreal and he, he doesn't engage the crowd he just kind of stares out into nowhere and it look, he looks like he can't see it's very deadpan it's very dry yeah. yes yeah. I didn't like it by the way no I didn't mm-hmm. find it funny mm-hmm. I don't know why I think it's because he doesn't do any uh, transitions yeah, it's just one liner after yeah. one liner, and I feel like that's that's a type of comedy to me that's kind of dry and I don't know. But clearly, the ten thousand people in attendance <laughs> <laughs> were into it, yeah, or whatever. So the guy's uh, the guy's doing well for himself, and it works really well for Twitter. Does it? Oh, yeah. of course, yeah. It's a perfect. That's true. Right? He's like the hundred and forty character comedian. It's true. Yeah, for, but for, for an hour and a half special, uh huh. Try reading tweets for an hour and a half straight. Yeah, I get a little tired of it too. I think true. his Twitter feed is almost exactly like his his set though. Okay, yeah. so he's one of those rare comedians where the, 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 the you know, social media sphere has actually worked in his favor. Yeah. Okay. When Twitter came out, he was like, yes! <laughs> Finally. <laughs> this was designed he's, for me. He's behind Twitter. Yeah, exactly. We're going to find out in a few years. He came up with, what if we could turn Jimmy Carr into a social media platform? That's right. That's how that meeting got started. And so because he's blind, he has to dictate it to his assistant. But aside from that, it's perfect. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Twitter for the blind. Okay. So uh, we w- <laughs> Twitter for the blind. We went to see a movie yesterday, the day before. Day before. The day before. Yeah. And uh, this is a movie that was not, um, shall we say, highly recommended. No, everyone's just trashing it. Everyone's losing their shit over this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't read any of the reviews though. No. Nope. No, I wanted to go in there with kind of a, you know, clean slate. Yeah, I kind nice. of stayed away from reviews too, but um, I knew that the Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave it to like twenty nine percent or something. Right? It it yeah, I think it landed it. at thirty nine and then it progressively dropped and it's somewhere around it's in the in the twenty nine at last time I checked. But viewers yeah. are up around eighty, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean like viewer crit- criticisms? Yeah. Yeah, seventy, eighty mm-hmm. percent of people like. There's a big like difference. It. You don't you don't see that very often. Uh, I, on Rotten Tomatoes, you see it often. I think you tend to see it with with comic book movies. I find. Yeah. Maybe. Um, the only because the Rotten Tomatoes <coughs> main core of reviewers tend to be a little bit of this old guard 
Um, and if, if you're not convinced that they're a little bit old, just read some of their euphemisms and their, their metaphors. And you're like, this movie was kind of like a Tootsie Pop <laughs> with an altogether different center. And you're like, Tootsie Pop? What is that? Like from the fucking 1930s? Like what's a World War II candy? Like who would even get that reference? It's like Taffy. those YouTube it's like those YouTube videos of like grandmas reacting to like Grand Theft Auto. And they're Pretty like, much. Oh, oh dear. Oh, oh no, that just won't do. What is this? What is this? <laughs> My goodness gracious me. That's, that's kind of how Rotten Tomatoes pans out. Like you, it's a weird mix of really old, old school reviewers and that probably Who really take themselves uber seriously oh, yes. too. Yes. Like they really see it as a craft, uh-huh. which I can understand, but like it applies to some movies, but not necessarily to other movies. You know, like there's a flick, there's a movie, there's a film. Like this isn't 12 Angry Men. This is right. A, you know, this is a guy with underwear on the outside of his pants and another not guy anymore. dressed as a bat. Not not anymore, yeah. So. Mm. Anymore. I this is I not the, the theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's know? exactly what the feeling is, is that these people are the type that fawn over off-Broadway, you know, uh, yeah. Broadway-type stuff and the theater. Mm. And then they turn their noses up whenever something comes along, unless somebody gives a theatrical, dramatic rendition of something that's pop culture. You know, like they, they were all over... They love the fuck out of Christopher Nolan, of course, because he, he does kind of do that theater kind of approach you know um where he tries to make it all very poetic and sooner or later somewhere in the dialogue there'll be a do not go quietly into the night you do not go quietly into the night like there'll always be some (laughs) some longfellow or some fucking some some uh some poetry there somewhere but they uh they universally uh crucified batman versus superman which is the movie we are talking about wait excuse me Batman v Superman right. Dawn of Justice right. which is still a terrible title I feel It's a little long it's a little long-winded I still don't know what the V is I mean I get it it's <clears throat> versus but it was supposed to imply versus without it actually being versus Uh-huh Yeah I don't understand the logic behind that either honestly. And did they ever explain why they put Batman first even though this was or is this no longer the Man of Steel sequel? This was never the Man of Steel sequel. Was it not? No, this is an independent film that they say that they just recently said is actually the beginning of the DC film universe. Right. Man of Steel was just purely an introduction to Superman. Uh-huh. So Man of Steel 2 doesn't even have a release date. They were saying it was coming out in like 2018, 2019. But um, now, the next time that we'll see Superman, apparently, will be in Justice League Part 1. Which is slated for? I think it's 2019. Okay. If I remember right. All right. But it could be a, it could be like a year off there. Well, one of the obvious reasons we, we had you on is because uh, we've, we've argued about films before. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, we tend to have opposite views. A little bit, yeah. Which I, I don't mind at all. Um, and even online, when I've seen interactions between you and other people, you tend to be on the other side or you tend to be more forgiving. Would that be a correct term? More open-minded, I'm, more... Yeah, well, yeah. Like I'd, I'd like to say that I'm more open-minded, but I'm very aware that I also have the nature of playing devil's advocate. Uh-huh. So kind of like going against okay, the you a little admit bit. That. Yeah, oh, yeah, That's openly. Good. Okay. Openly. But I think with basically this particular movie... 
I find that there was a lot of unfounded hate because it seemed like it was the cool thing to hate. Everyone got on the on the bandwagon. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I think Snyder has that effect on a lot of the fanboys. Right. Right, where it's like they want to go after it him. Polarizes him. Yeah. yeah. To be uh, just to be clear, in this first half of our podcast, we are going to uh, keep it spoiler free. Uh, we're just gonna, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, want to see it at some point. We're just going to kind of do an overview, a general feeling of, and then in the second half, we'll get into the details. At which point, uh, you know, spoiler alert and all that. Yep. Okay. So what you're saying is, uh, from the outset, you think that Snyder's kind of got a. A bullseye on his forehead. Well, I think because he began with movies like 300 and Watchmen, which really did introduce a new style into filmmaking in general, right? Like, we hadn't seen a 300 on a big scale before. Watchmen also was the first really serious take of a comic adaptation other than maybe The Crow. Have you what? seen The Watchmen, Richard? Yeah. Yeah? A couple times. Uh, I, was, I was relatively... I was fond of that movie. I, thought I liked it, was it a lot. Good. I liked it a lot. I think that it's one of... I think one of the top three overall adaptations of basically any kind of comic book, right? Yeah. Uh, they changed the ending a little bit, but I think that the ending change even worked better than in the actual book. The actual book. Yeah, I mean, that, that was... I think maybe that's... That's the heart of it. I think that's when Zack Snyder originally really pissed off the comic book purists mm. uh, with Watchmen. I think that was a very polarizing film for many comic book fans. Probably, yeah. Interestingly, Watchmen was one of the graphic novels I'd never actually read, mm. right? So I, I was never a comic book fiend, but I read them. I had like, you know, I used to go to the comic book store and used to have an account, like a shelf. Yeah. And I'd spend my little allowance money and uh, collect titles and stuff and like most kids uh, i think i read more marvel than dc just because mm-hmm. dc shockingly and ironically was a little dark and dour and 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 dry compared to marvel's kind of sh- more sugary it was the nintendo versus sega situation right that's a great analogy and everyone thought about it? that way yeah but marvel was always really nintendo true. yeah yeah um, even a bit neo geo i would say dc possibly. was you know it yeah. was like a bit more dark yeah, Sega had yeah. like darker themes. It yeah. had darker games. Um, Sonic, the Hedgehog, was like the closest thing it had to a, a likable sort of emblem, like a like a response to Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, yeah, you had a lot of very underdog characters, a lot of dark storylines. Yeah. And then on top of that, also DC had Vertigo, which went even f- yes. farther, Correct. right? Like you have like the alan moore swamp things which was which was like that was some really dark and scary yeah. shit i mean especially it, at that age that was literally british pulp horror yeah right and absolutely. sci-fi which uh gave us uh things like uh hellblazer yeah um and i think that they they embraced the side of comics that it was definitely very underground very right. much so and to see to kind of so one of the big complaints of course about batman was superman or in, in man of steel and it's been that it's so dark and it's so dour. But I, I think that that was not necessarily a, um, like a stupid decision. I just think maybe that it clashes too much with the other brand, which has been very successful in making it, you know, lively and one-liners. And it's not that much of a departure from the source material. It's actually closer than people realize. Yeah. 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 But that's not necessarily a good thing. In contrast, like I said, to. 
I mean, when you think about it, every single Marvel character so far is witty. Yes. Every but, single one. Plus, it's like it's been eight years now since Iron Man 1 came out, which was basically the beginning of the actual Marvel, you know, film, film, film universe. And mm-hmm. then before that, we had Spider-Man. Yeah. And Spider-Man 1 came out, and that was that really did set the tone for any kind of superhero movie, really. Because I would say it, that and uh, maybe um, uh, Brian Singer's X-Men. Yeah. Those were like the two Even titles. X-Men was a little bit dark, though, compared to Spider-Man. Yeah, definitely. Least, right? Yes, yes, yes. It, it wasn't not, it was not a like big gulp no. uh, merchandise movie. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like guys in spandex and that kind of thing, like they actually decided to change change all of the uniforms and it seemed seemed more like they were kind of special ops uniforms or right. you know stuff like that leather so, exactly, exactly so much leather so much leather yeah but with spider-man and especially sam raimi he came in and he was known for that kind of campy humor but dark humor-ish kind of thing and he really he, like he it was a phenomenal job he did on spider-man one the and, Tobey Maguire one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it really did fit the canon of that character. But at the same time, there was nothing really dark about that movie. Right? Like you had some... Uncle Ben stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like even that really... Like that wasn't super dark. It was it was a sad moment, but it wasn't like a shocking moment. Well, what it had, it, it, it kind of did an anti... Hero's journey thing in that Sam Raimi style is very much kick the hero, yeah, as much as possible, right? There was that theme running out throughout all the movies. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker would always fuck everything up. He couldn't. He couldn't do it. He couldn't balance his personal life. Uh, he was losing his girl. He couldn't even keep a job. He couldn't mm-hmm. get his grades together. And it was almost that was part of the comedy. Yeah, where you know, like if you remember, a great sequence by the way for me. I don't. I think it was in the second one with the pizza delivery when he's trying to deliver the pizzas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just like this horror ordeal, and his bike gets destroyed, and he gets there, and he's in the broom closet, and the whole bit. Like that's very much Sam Raimi's sort of approach to it, right? Exactly, and that also did. Excuse me, that was also Peter Parker. You know, like that's that felt like Peter Parker, definitely. Yeah, who that character is, excuse me. So, where basically where I was going with that is that it set the actual tone, and that's what we've been used to now for for probably the past fifteen years, right? Easily. So then, all of a sudden, DC comes out with these mega well-known characters. Like, there's nobody more well-known than Superman or Batman, right? Yeah. That's the that's always been the irony with DC. They've had more iconic yeah titles like compared to Iron Man, like Superman is way bigger. Yeah. Basically but the only character that compares is maybe Spider-Man. He's yeah, he's easily the only superstar in the Marvel universe really. Yeah. Wolverine now, maybe now. Yeah. But before X-Men came out, nobody yeah. really knew who Wolverine was. No, you're right. You're right. Wolverine, uh, in terms of like, I always think of like, if you, your plane crashed somewhere in Asia or Africa and you had a Batman t-shirt, people would very likely recognize the logo. Yeah. Hmm. If you had like a Wolverine thing, first of all, he doesn't have a logo. Yeah. Number two, if you just had like claws or whatever, like they wouldn't quite get it, right? Not at all. But the, certainly DC has always had the bigger properties, but uh, maybe therein lies the difficulty with adapting them because they're so huge. 
And I think that because... It's like a Jesus movie. Yeah, exactly. Very but much. see, everybody has their own individual interpretation of Superman and what that character means to them and how that's informed by general pop culture, right? right. Superman has that general outside of the fanboy mentality of being ultimate good, right? And he cannot be corrupted. He's ultimately good. He always has the answer, can always fix everything. Or at least he's really... He's unbeatable. Like a, he's got the Boy Scout attitude. Pure, right? pure. And now what this movie does is that it shows that he can be that, but he's not that yet, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's why people hate on it so much is because they are expecting to see what they know not a transition into what they know right well richard as a non-comic book background guy like Mm -hmm. clearly you knew some comics right but you weren't not not a huge comic freak and i know a lot more now after hanging out with you (laughs) and some of our other friends this is true (laughs) also the just by virtue i guess of that being kind of domination it's not this genre is dominating the box office and has yeah. been for the past decade and i had some comic books i used to spend my allowance on comic books yeah yeah was there anything that you read like more than others i i went for the darker stuff okay yeah so sure. even then you like kind of like the gritty stuff i was into like ghost rider and stuff oh yeah oh. yeah yeah there's a there's a property uh, i'd love to see properly adapted one day mm. without nicholas cage yeah, you know what? The worst part is that that wasn't really the problem for me. But uh, that's for another podcast, yeah. possibly. We could do a, a whole series on like the the ones that didn't work. That'd be cool, right? Just mm-hmm. the the ones that like fell f- fell on their face. Way off the map. Yeah. I like some of the horror comics. Okay. I like some of like the what if stuff. What ifs were fun. Yeah, those were very those fun. Were fun. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of them were really dark too. That's true. Like, what if Wolverine was like a vampire? Lord of the Vampires. Yes, I yeah. recall that one yeah, very yeah. clearly. I, yeah. I, I own that one and a bunch of other ones. Yeah, there were some nice. really great. Uh, what th- What if was probably uh, way ahead of its time, actually. Yeah. yeah, it was basically it. It was basically the Elseworlds of Marvel. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of what's happening now in the movies, right? Yeah, absolutely. And even in comics, they're doing diff- like runs now. Yeah. Where somebody takes over this character and goes like, you know, I really like to focus on his psychological problems. Hmm. He finishes that arc, and then it's almost like they get a reboot every time a new writer or a group of writers. They can do all these parallel universes, which opens up all kinds of other options. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at the new Star Trek adaptations, I mean, it's basically a parallel universe. It's what ifs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what ifs. So what if? Yeah. yeah, and I do agree that there comes a time when the canon becomes like a ball and chain. And no yeah. longer allows you to explore anything because you're constantly stuck venerating the the past. So I don't blame guys like J.J. Abrams stuff for 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 trying to unshackle the franchises and let them run free again. <clears throat> I blame them for what they where they take them afterwards. But anyway, that's again another podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole okay. other story. All right, so let's say how long have we been hyping Batman vs Superman? Something like two years. Has it been like, was it solid, if not three? Because yeah. Man of Steel, easy. I remember the trailers or the teasers were going for like three years almost. Yeah, it was almost a long time. three yeah. years they were jerking us around. And they were talking about it when Man of Steel was in production still. They were already, yeah, that's yeah. right. There were leaks, photos yeah. and stuff. Ex- exactly. They had Basically, the logo. Basically, the first Easter egg for it was in that Will Smith movie where uh, he's, he's fighting zombies. Uh, I Am Legend? So, yeah, 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 where you see him driving through New York City and there was actually a Batman, Batman, Superman 
Uh, oh, like a poster? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it was basically a giant billboard because it was around the time that the comic first came out, where they actually had the, the merger of the actual mm-hmm. logos, mm-hmm. and that was around the time that apparently DC began trying to basically trying to actually kind of like toying with the formula exactly so that was the basically that was the actual first time that we saw it as a potential Mm -hmm. reality right we actually saw it for the first time in back to the future did we really what when he goes to 2015 there's a big like Batman and Superman merge. It looks almost exactly like the really? logo. Really? I yeah. totally missed that. Yeah, you never saw that? Never part? saw that part. No. Back to oh, the shit. Future is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. the subject of so much conspiracy. It tells the future, And man. it was so yeah. close. It was so close. And it was like, really? he was going to 2015. Wow, I never caught I don't that. remember yeah. that. Oh, you, know, yeah. you never saw that? But I do know that Back to the Future has, has, has produced like a, a scholarly paper, like, like papers. Yeah. And, and and theses on, on uh, all of its weird Illuminati shit. In it. <laughs> and uh, some of it you watch, you're like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. But then some of you're like, okay, now this is fucking with my atheism here. I'm trying, I'm trying to have, wow. like, yeah, there's a whole theory that, um, I forget who made that movie. John Hughes? No. Um, I'm blanking on the name. Too. Uh, Spielberg. Anyway, the people yeah. behind that movie. Yeah, dude, check this out. That's a screenshot from, from the movie. You're gonna have to put that up as a I'll put it up yeah. uh, as a link to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is I Am Legend, though. Is it? This uh, is I Am Legend. Yeah, that's yeah. from the I Am Legend. Okay. Oh, maybe I'm thinking the wrong one. Well, in any yeah. case, like, uh, there was a, I think a misunderstanding on behalf of fans for a while that they thought that this next movie was supposed to be a sequel to Man of Steel. Yeah, a lot of people thought that. And then uh, it may have been. You know, I think that that's the one thing about DC that, and I could be completely off here. Mm that they don't have that Marvel has locked down so hard is their uh, strategy. Definitely, there doesn't seem to be like a, they don't have a Kevin Feige or Feige or whatever you want to call yeah. him. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to call him Kevin Feige. They don't have like a like a mastermind well, plan, right? They're kind of going yeah. with the flow. Well, they kind of do, but they don't advertise it or drill it home the same way that Marvel does. Okay. Marvel really does have its staple you know where it's where it's you basically don't actually get a team movie until you get a plethora of individual movies first right, right? and dc seems to be going the exact opposite of that right. for the most part right and even more so is that we're basically going to get a cyborg movie and an aquaman movie way before a batman movie right so i th- think that the audiences are kind of confused as to where the investment emotionally sh- should actually should be. be right well marvel was very smart in in uh rolling the dice on minor characters first yeah right they they gambled big on on iron man uh and they gambled on a bunch of on thor yeah. and and on captain america was maybe the one that could have was a little bit more sure-footed you know because they could i think it was their best known Best known. It was the most property. emblematic, yes. But at the same time, he's not in any way like a popular character. He's a visible character. Everyone knows yeah. what he looks like and the shield and they get it. But nobody really knows anything about Captain America but in terms of the story. That's kind of the thing that they didn't have the film rights for that many characters that are super well known. Right. Who they did have was basically Spider-Man, 
X-Men, but back then, that was at the time where they weren't making movies. Right. And it wasn't really the standard for, for, like, you know, I completely... Complete fucking brain fart there. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So okay. basically, back then it was purely licensing. Yeah. Right. You would hand out the license, have somebody Two, else years spend of, the money, and yeah. then just kind of you know. Yeah, and that's how Blade got made, right? Exactly. Right? But uh, also, I think uh, Marvel fucked up with giving away some of its core licenses during the the hardship years, right? Yeah. Before Disney yeah. bought them out. Yeah, they just didn't have a choice though because they, auctioned they were off some stuff that you shouldn't have. Exactly, because yeah, basically they were bankrupt, like yep. completely bankrupt. Right. So they didn't really have a choice there. Okay, so Batman versus Superman, uh, Dawn of Justice. Mm. Uh, the trailers of which the, this is one part um, that um, I definitely like. I think I remember telling Richard when we came out of this movie, I was like, I think that's it for trailers for me. For any movie that I want to see, I think I'm officially done done with trailers. Um, yeah, it's hard now. And I always thought the people who stayed away from trailers, I was like, I respected their decision, but I was like, oh come on, man, don't you know, you know? It's not brain surgery. Like, don't have to be so harsh about it. But I really felt like in this movie, the trailers. Uh, hurt the film I, I they really gave away too much of the film I agree with you and I agree with you like it almost they would have left you know, Doomsday out of it yeah I think it would have been a much bigger reveal all of it there's so many just like without again wanting to spoil anything yeah. at this at this stage of the podcast like uh, I just felt like I didn't really this I didn't even get to see this movie honestly really uh, as a in a neutral fashion there and <clears throat> I think we mentioned this before on a previous uh, podcast but i think that it's it, they go through the different stages of of trailers so like if it's like a year or two years ahead it's just like the little teaser trailer yeah, and right those are cool but then once they start getting close to the to the date they they put out these trailers to just show everything and, and those ones are not designed to get people to who already bought in to go and see the movie because either way we were going to all go and see it yeah it was a done it was for yeah. all the people it was to try to convert all the the knows and the maybes to, to saying like okay okay oh, now I'm in now yeah. I'm gonna go and see it and that's not directed towards us right right and I, I'm conscious of that I just I just feel that that at this point like they they I'm just shocked to see I've seen movies that were like the the confidence the studio confidence was clearly not there mm-hmm. and they just started like selling off the movie and trailers because mm-hmm. they're just worried no one's gonna go see it but I still do not understand how the fuck they were concerned that this would not, you know, bank. They, they probably can, have numbers to support it. Yeah. And, and like, I work in advertising, so I could probably tell you that there are very solid numbers behind this. And right. I can understand the concern because of the drastic... Like, it, like it's drastically different from anything Marvel has right now, right? So, guaranteed, they were they were just on the button for damage control. You saw the damage control that happened like a day after the premiere happened where the entire cast was doing interview after interview about the bad reviews. Mm-hmm. And that's where basically that sad Affleck, you know, video came yeah. out, right? <laughs> and it's and like Hello darkness, yeah. my old friend. <laughs> but it was so <laughs> obvious that they were doing damage control. Yeah. Right? And even even before that, because when they first revealed doomsday or what people were pretty sure was doomsday in the trailers and people lost it online like they, there was a there was a huge backlash yeah and the, the studio went as far as to reassure 
people that that was not the main gambit okay. uh, of the movie, even though it ended up kind of being the main gambit. But anyway, they were like, don't worry, that's not it. That's not the big reveal. That's not the big surprise. Yeah. And that was very indicative of a studio basically just you let the patients take over the, the the institution right at this point you're like you're afraid and you're scared and you're just willing to do anything to please you know? i think at that point too that hurts you more than it helps you especially in this case because i think that in this case because of the cultural acknowledgement of these actual characters that no matter what you would you like everybody was going to see this movie mm -hmm. right so i think that because the actual damage control came in so early on and it was so fierce that I think it hurt them because it kind of sets a tone going, well, okay, well, they they must be doing bad if, like, everybody has to come in there and then, you know, Ben Affleck is all sad and pouty. And I, so, like, just basically like you said, where it's where it becomes way too much about the cash and way too much about the investment and... It's counterintuitive of the way that the film was actually designed. Right. Because the film was designed to actually give the audience a little bit of responsibility as far as what they were watching, right? Like you're giving the audience that power of like, okay, well, you should understand this. You should understand that. But then if you go into that whole protection mode, yeah. kind of takes that's it away from that. Yeah, no, that's when you go into protection mode. And you're defending yourself. That's it, man. Yeah. They've got you. They've got you. You know, it's like that in conversations. It's like that in fights. <laughs> it's like that in UFC bouts. You know, once if there's blood in the water, that's it. That's it. You know, the yeah. sharks will come. So, having seen trailers or not, Richard, um, what did what were your expectations of this film? I wasn't expecting that much. Okay, to the truth. <clears throat> I wasn't expecting anything to. Uh, Profound, I would say. I just, I, I was expecting it just to be like, enter, just pure entertainment, like mm -hmm. a roller coaster ride sort of a thing. Were you like me? You were where you were. Ple you were just hoping it would be better than Man of Steel. Yeah. Well. I, yeah. I mean, we were both pretty disappointed with with Man of Steel. And yeah. We we could get into that, but maybe that's a, a conversation for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like that thought occurred to me. I was like, if this is just better than Man of Steel. I'll go see it. Yeah, I think our, you know, going into a movie with with low expectations is it. It was it, great, it wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. Plus all the the negative reviews and whatnot. So, I have such a hard time going into a movie with with low expectations, especially if it's about like if I would say especially if it's a comic book movie, because my overall personality is I get excited easily. And especially if I'm into something, then I get super fucking stoked about it. So I saw all of the trailers, and yeah, like there's, they really do give a lot away in them. But I was there with like bated fucking breath right. on the edge of my seat. And I'd rather go into a movie being excited and be let down than go into it saying, oh, this is going to suck. And then be, be like, oh, this wasn't that bad. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Because I think that it will taint what I'm seeing if I have that kind of vibe I think know, going both, in. I think both extremes are, are not necessarily con conducive to a good experience. I think it, it was somewhere in the middle. Well, I you, mean, I'd basically yeah. seen the whole movie from the trailers. So yeah, that's yeah. again, exactly yeah. what that's expect, really my greatest yeah. con like 
like my greatest gripe with this entire operation is they they really like as if I'm Zack Snyder right now or Ben Affleck or any of these guys, I'm really really mad at DC. And the but you see that now in every single movie now, yep, every yeah. action movie, every comic book movie especially. But if I know that I'm going to go watch the movie, I don't watch the trailer. Really? I yeah. didn't. I didn't know that I was going to go watch this movie in the. I theater. don't have the self control. You know. I have to watch right. it as soon as the trailer's out. I'm there and I'm watching it. I know it's yeah. so it's like oh, I give don't it to have me. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like crap for me. I have to have it right away. Right away. I can do like one good trailer, and yeah. then I just I didn't listen to my instincts. Then again, I think like you, I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to go see this. And then we ended up seeing it because everyone's screaming bloody murder, right? About the movie. Yeah, if I'm not convinced to see the movie, then yeah. I'll watch the trailer, and that's right. what the trailer's there for. Right. Yeah. But if I if I know I'm going to watch it, like I'll 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 do my best to hold back and yeah. okay. and not not do it. I couldn't do it if my life depended on it. Man. <laughs> I would have to. I could. It's just so easy. It's yeah. so easy to click on that link. It shows no, up like I on just all get so of your feeds. For it. And, yeah. yeah. I get so excited for it. Like, there was never even a thought in my mind. And there's, like, I can't honestly say that there's any comic book movie that I would even contemplate not going to see. Hmm. Even if everybody said it was the worst movie on the face of the fucking planet, I would still go see it. Yeah. And you got, like, tickets to go and see the early premiere, right? I begged for them. There's basically a website that actually does all of the advanced screenings. And I emailed them, I think, 28 times. I wrote them a big, long spiel. I sent them I sent them links really? to a what Superman did you, costume. What did you write? Uh, just how big a fan I was. I, I basically did the exact same thing for Deadpool, too. And I started going off about like the first appearance of Deadpool and how I bought the comic for the first time and that I still had the comic. And then for Superman, I sent them a link to a Superman costume that I did a couple of years back for Halloween (laughs) with a bunch of pictures and that kind of shit. And I just go into like, how much I love the character and like wow. you oh, won yeah. them over with your I laid on thick your, uh, I, I named my firstborn son <laughs> Kal-El, Kal-El yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually gotten an actual response from them but I have gotten tickets oh. so I, I can assume that maybe I did win the contest or maybe I didn't or whatever it is because it's basically just you it's, spam their inbox until, yeah, they, until they like exactly. say uncle it's kind all right of just give me the fucking tickets already yeah <laughs> nobody's ever said like oh you're a true fan here you go but I've always gotten the tickets impressive <laughs> I have no shame when it comes to asking for stuff for okay. nothing, nothing at all yeah there you go <laughs> I'll do whatever I have to do that's really funny okay so uh, as a basic rule like on, on just I guess maybe in just a very basic way apart from the trailers what were your expectations going uh, when this movie was announced? Like, what did you want to see? I wanted to see more of Man of Steel. Like, I actually enjoyed Man of Steel. Um, it's Get out. Yeah, that's it. It had a lot of flaws. Somewhere oh, G yeah. is, like, screaming. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you just heard, like, a high-pitched squeal. <laughs> well, look, look. I, you can hear your voice yeah. like a Gene Hackman, uh, Lex Luthor voice. Like, <laughs> uh, something is wrong. You know? Okay, let me rephrase. Because as a film, Man of Steel had a lot of flaws, right? But what I enjoyed the most about it is where it, where it headed as far as the character was concerned. Like his development. Yeah, because what I enjoy about Superman the most is that he does have a lot of... Like, that is kind of like an onion, right? Where you can peel back layers. And especially reading all of... The, especially reading all of the Elseworld 
Elseworlds comics where you see a darker side of him and a more gritty and a more tormented kind of side of him. That's what I appreciated about Man of Steel because I can relate to that more because it seems more human. He isn't so pure, right? And that's what I appreciated seeing on the actual big screen. And knowing where they were going with Batman v Superman where basically the Batman character was based off of the Frank Miller comic, The Dark Knight. Everything is based off of Frank Miller's rendition of it. exactly. A lot of it is for sure. But where he's an older Batman, he's 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 a mean Batman. He's dark and he's gritty and he's violent. So I could appreciate the the interaction between that kind of Batman and Superman because that really was what you saw in the actual book, right? Superman there was kind of a bit jaded. He was definitely an egomaniac a little bit, right? Which is valid considering what that character is. Um, <clears throat> because to be a superhero, whether it's Superman, whether it's Batman, you have to have a huge ego. Because you're basically telling everybody, like, my way is the best. I will save you. You can't save yourself. I'm going to jump in. So you have to have that ego, not necessarily in 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 a in a degrading way, but you have to really think highly of yourself to be really? able to put yourself. That's an interesting. Uh, I think so because you're putting yourself in a savior role, right? And especially somebody, you know, say, especially a character, say like Batman, where it's a vigilante. You're even saying that I'm smarter than the law. Right, so I'm jumping in and I'm going to give out justice because I think this is right. Fuck what the law says. Fuck what anybody else says. Like I decide what's right and wrong. Exactly. Really, that's 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 how you see the Batman psych psychology. Yeah, okay. I think. Or so. at least that's the that's the psychology that you you kind of because as these movies come out and and comic books and just like the the sheer tonnage of of renditions and work and and uh, material behind these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one argument against these movies that I honestly I am retiring, and I f- feel everyone should retire at this point. Is like it's not like the comic books. Yeah, I feel that needs to be shelved. As I don't of think like, it can be like the comic books anymore. But it, it, but there's no way. No. Which version? Yeah. Right? There's a version. There's probably a version where Superman becomes a a, a fucking housewife and makes cookies. Yeah. You know, there's probably a version. There's been so many. 75, 80 years, yeah. how long of, of renditions, right? Since 38. Since 38, 39, this has been going on. Like, yeah. uh, there's just no way to satisfy. Anyone no. can make a solid argument based on certain runs on what Batman should be like, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the only thing left as a choice, really, for anyone adapting this material is what are the iconic things that we all agree that we want to see them do, right? Yeah. Superman's got to fly right there's a superman that doesn't fly we want to see the one that flies yeah. right there's a superman that uh c- can shoot lasers with his eyes and there's one that we want to see the lasers the lasers yeah. need to happen right has to have a cape and has to have red boots has and, to yeah. punch through things has to lift things that are really yeah. really heavy and um you know has to save people yeah. i feel like maybe that's the trinity there probably gotta have those powers yep gotta have that flying and he's gotta save people yeah 
That's kind of maybe the Trinity, right? Yeah. Everything else is conjecture. Everything else can be supported through any number of renditions that have been seen of these characters, Absolutely. right? So that's why I say interesting. I'm the one when you say what you feel are the the characteristics you like in Superman and Batman. I'm not actually saying interesting as in you're crazy. I'm just saying yeah. like, okay, that's where you're coming from. That's yeah. your Batman is a Batman that's a bit of a Judge Dredd. Not so much a Judge Dredd. Where I'm coming at f- from that is that you ha- like to be a superhero, you have to have a self. You have to have a sense of self-importance. Right? How much that's in check depends on what kind of character you actually are. So if you compare, say, Batman to Superman, that, like, they're basically on the same level of self importance. Just one is, for lack of a better term, pure, and one is dark. Right? So, but that's also because of what they face, because of the environment that they're actually in, their age, what they've gone through, their limits. Exactly. I always felt Batman was the better man because he's a man and he has the limits of a man and he has to kind of constantly think about the, his mortality, mm. his limits, the big picture. Um, That's he really has more interesting. Of, he has, probably has more of the, the ego that you're talking about because he chose the life. Yeah. It didn't choose him, right? Right. Superman was kind of thrust into it and yeah. alien and, and trying to make yeah. sense of the... That's kind of interesting because I kind of see the opposite where Superman has the powers to really change anything that he wants to actually change, but he has to hold himself back, right? Right. So you see Batman that has to really go as far as he possibly can and then even farther. And it's not enough most of the time. It's not enough, right? So that obviously defines who who he actually is. His whole core is is a... a, uh, like a chip on his shoulder from insufficiency, right? Yeah. All going all the way back to blaming himself for, for his Absolutely. parents' death, right? Or that he didn't do something yeah. or he was powerless to stop it. And then Superman is the exact polar opposite of that. He's got too much power. Too much power that he has to continuously rein in. Yeah. So that also gives you a different kind of chip on your shoulder. He also strikes me, Superman, for me, I think has always been a bit of a sociopath, um, but not a, not a like, uh, no, like, uh, He's essentially aping human behavior, right? That's what I mean by he's a little bit of a sociopath because he is not human. Yeah. He was raised to be human. He learned how to behave as one of us. And he decided that the values of of Ma and Pa Kent were kind of the values that he embraced. And yes, good and protection and the innocent. But he lacks a fundamental, in my eyes anyway, he lacks a fundamental humanity because he's never felt human he's never felt this goes back to conversations or we uh a good example of this would be in the next generation star trek with q Mm -hmm. right where he eventually does enough mischief that his uh the continuum strips him of his powers Mm -hmm. and then they get stuck on the enterprise and and like everyone wants to kill him and he's like he's whining about like being hungry and thirsty and whatever and then it sort of gives him a you realize that he's kind of a product of never having needed anything Mm -hmm. well it's like a race of beings that exist outside of time and space they're gods super gods yeah whereas kryptonians from what i've seen like they're pretty similar in terms of like their morals 
their morals and whatnot, right? Yeah, uh, that could right, be but argued, he's not. He's not. He has no yeah. Kryptonian culture whatsoever, right? Yeah. But well, even if he, he does did, after, yeah, it's all secondhand, right? Yeah, he, it's all secondhand. he he heard the tapes, like he heard yeah. the recordings of it, yeah. and he was told this and the other thing. And, and, actually, and in this iteration, he has even heard the tapes. Exactly, he has heard the tapes. That's. Did, the, he, did he hear it in Man of he's Steel? Never in Man of Steel, he basically meets Jor-El and then he has the Fortress of Solitude where he does learn about the actual history. Does they he? Just don't spend too much time. I felt like they overlooked it. that a little bit. Like yeah, he I never. Like yeah, he spent like 20 minutes in there and he got interrupted by Lois Lane. My understanding is that he went back. Okay. That's, uh, but I see, that's but the other I, thing, and we never it felt like, like Lois he, uh, Lane actually learned more, more about yeah. John than he did. Actually, Zod knows more. About yeah. Jorel and the whole bit. Yeah. Lois Lane knows more. Lex Luthor knows more. Everybody yeah. knows everything about Kryptonian culture and except, except Superman. Like no one. But can I give think that it's kind of safe to assume that in between Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, that he took the time to actually learn because it's apparently three years. Okay. Three years apart. But again, but he Jimmy, left the ship. Oh, sorry. What's we in the? Go. Yeah. No, no. I'm just saying. That. Again, again. <laughs> true, true. Let us sorry, let us sorry. make this rule if we can. Yeah. Uh, to well, stick to the things that are right. in the movie. Yes. And not to go, I'm sure he did this on agreed, the Agreed, yeah, yeah. agreed. We're looking at this as a movie, right? Yeah, agreed. Okay, can we agree on that? Good. Absolutely. Yeah. So just to finish off my point about the sociopath, I think that Superman, to me, has always been a guy who probably behaved exactly like Jonathan Kent, and he mimicked him. Mm-hmm. But there's no... I always like the idea that he never... Like, human behavior doesn't really make sense to him. Because... He has the Kryptonian knowledge a little bit. Uh, he's supposed to be super smart too, which they never deal with ever in movies. That he's uh, supposed to be really intelligent. Well, be- yeah, because that would just make it too much. Right, but yeah. he's fucking Superman. He's <laughs> an all-star part. Superman. The actual comics, and yeah, he is like super, super, super yeah. intelligent. He builds robots and and science. He 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 has he's a- actually built entire universes. Yeah, in the comics, exactly. Yeah. He's he's like a, he's a super genius at the yeah. same time, and he's he's super in every way. Mm-hmm. as Kryptonians were, etc. But I always felt that the the interesting part of Superman is he is exactly cookie-cutter good guy, and therein lies the problem. And those are the uh, the themes that I thought would have been cool to, to explore now, where he was very much in something to be idolized and, and uh, looked up to in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah. right? Because the world was kind of a mess. Yeah. Or we didn't talk to each other. We didn't have the, the great communication that we have now. And now that all of these uh, pristine cookie-cutter hero types have been kind of trashed and we, none of us really believe in them, I thought this would be what a great opportunity to make him exactly like he was in 39 and kind of have him be a, a weirdo for that reason, right? The same way that Captain America yeah. is a bit of a square because, uh, you know, he gets all out of sorts because he swore and he's like you know or someone else swore and he's like language and but we kind of have that in the actual donner films right right where he was that boy scout you know kind of character and i think that because we've seen that and because that's what the public conscious is aware of when Mm -hmm. it comes to him i can definitely see the appeal of that now yeah and i would have liked to have seen that maybe as an older superman Right, kind of like what they did in Kingdom Come, right? Where you would he's got a little see, gray in his hair. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, and like he kind of exiles himself because it was kind of like a fruitless effort to try and fix right. the actual world, right? Well, the, I'm just saying the reason I thought this would have been cool to do in a, in the version today is because this would have a injected very, very desperately needed humor, right? As he misunderstands, as as uh, 
remember coming to America? Yeah, of course. <laughs> remember Eddie Murphy? Like he gets off the plane with his assistant, and yeah. he's like, "Hello, New York." And so it's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> yes, yes, fuck you too. He's just incredibly, incredibly, uh, uh, just full of of positivity. Yeah. And then the world just keeps crushing his positivity and everything he does. Childlike. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see, uh, especially this ver- Superman who seems to have no time to actually prepare and become. He just kind of gets thrust into yeah. it. Uh, not not like Christopher Reeve naive and like, oh, remember, flying is still the safest. Like, we've yeah. seen that. That's fine. Yeah. But it would have been nice to just have him be a really nice guy and then not getting the results that uh, that, that should normally get you, which is when you help so that someone. So Kansas kind of... You know, yeah, like Westerner kind of. You catch like the car, nice dude. you land it, whatever, but you have to crush the front, and then he pulls off the doors and he gets the people out, and they're like, but dude, that was my re- fucking car. What'd you do to my car? And he's but like, what? Is that really a believable kind of naivete now, nowadays anymore? You know, like, well, like not, does I, anybody really have that kind of mentality anymore? I, I, I feel like an alien raised in Kansas would. But it kind of brings up that nature versus nurture debate there, right? Because even if he was. Even if he is an alien raised in Kansas in today's day and age, he would still have exposure through through the internet and through newspapers and through TV and through movies. Yeah. Like he would still be exposed to the realities of the oh, world. Oh, well, sure. Would I wouldn't want bubble. him to be oblivious, but that have just decide that he's going to be this like this straight arrow and that that's okay. that's the that's who Clark Kent is. Because he has to kind of create the persona, right? Yeah. And it's That's part of it. Yeah. Part of it, yeah. it's him. But anyway, we're getting sidetracked here. <laughs> the Clark Kent thing, though, I definitely agree with. Let's come back I think to this. He should have been a little bit gooder. Let, it seems good. Like, let's tackle this again. <laughs> I have a question. Okay. As a non-comic book guy, yes. The, I mean, you keep saying an alien living amongst us. So yeah, yes, and I think that's that's true. But uh, it always seemed like Kryptonians were just like basically just like humans, like. Bipeds, cupboard-based, like moral structure, good and bad, uh, normal life cycle, and, and like they, Kryptonians back on Krypton right. were not didn't have superpowers. No, no. but we're right. talking like now about on, the. What you going for? Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the Marlon Brando Kryptonian era. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, or I should I mean, say Krypton, the way yeah. he used to say. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, well, the it, Christopher Reeves was the was my. You know, my Superman. Your Superman. Like yeah. growing up, you know. But there are many versions of the Kryptonians as well in the exactly, comics. I, yeah. I understood that, like a Krypton, Kryptonian on Earth, yellow sun, superpowers. Yes. Yeah, because they Back had a red sun and red sun. They're not superpowers, regular. but like they're. If we went to Krypton, maybe we'd have superpowers. Maybe. It depends. It maybe depends what what origin there is, because there's a lot of a lot of different origins. You know, basic basically for how that actual world was but it was always kind of a of a utopian society where science merged with religion but they, they were, were supposed to be an enlightened enlightened species enlightened to an extent like they've overcome they've overcome a lot of the human like shortcomings right they, there's no poverty there's no they seem to yeah. be like a utopian society but that's yeah. that's the, that's the society aspect that's not the biology aspect, oh biologically you know? they're as far as i know kryptonians weren't were, weren't no. super so if he anyway. was a baby yeah and he he lands here like how aside from the superpowers mm-hmm. and whatnot like how different would that be if he'd been from like great britain 
as a, and landed here as a right. baby yeah. and was gr- and was. Well, I think the superpower. I think you said it. The superpowers make all course. the difference. But why yeah. would he have more naivete than somebody else? Not. I. I just think. Or more fish out of water. Aside from the superpower thing. I mean that. That's obviously weird. But, but that'd being be weird from, for anybody. Being from Kansas, I think would already make him a little bit of a. Uh, you know, a weirdo in a big city anyway. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Possibly. And he, uh, I mean, remember he, this is like 1940s, 30, late thirties. Yeah. Like Kansas. We have, yeah. But we have to talk about the time right. frame, right? Because, if, because if, because if, if we're still talking about what we actually saw in this movie, mm-hmm. he didn't grow up in the thirties and forties. Right. He grew up in the seventies and eighties. Seventies, eighties. Okay. Yeah. So he would still have the same kind of exposure. Like if you compare somebody who came from Kansas now and they happen to move to Metropolis, right? They wouldn't be that maybe they'd be a little yeah, they'd, they'd be a little way. bit less. Yeah, exactly. They'd be they wouldn't be as like gee golly shucks. And yeah. don't misunderstand don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he'd be like kind of a bit of a moron. Yeah. Uh, and not get it. But that he would have kind of um, very idealized yes. version of what good humans are. Because yeah. his dad was kind of a bit of a, uh, a cookie-cutter good guy. And his mom's kind of a cookie-cutter good guy. And I felt like that would be the sort of the reason why he would be this way. But anyway, anyway like I said, we can definitely discuss uh, at length yeah. the characters some other time. Yeah. Um, very quickly, I would say that what I wanted out of this movie more than anything else is um what was advertised i wanted to see that fight i wanted that fight to be good between batman and superman yeah i think that's one of the things i hope for i wanted to see the least amount of uh lex luther as possible after i found out who they cast as lex <laughs> luther because i that guy the eisenberg is the most overrated fucking really? actor of our generation i still really dig him as lex i would have i would have I would have taken fucking Vin Diesel instead. Of, actually, that's an interesting casting idea. But anyway, I would have. Be, yeah. I would have ha- accepted Joe Pesci. <laughs> at, 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 yeah, that would have been a fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's a three-letter word for something you don't understand. Yeah, three-syllable word. Yeah. My mind too small. Yeah. Uh, but good 1950s gangster. Yeah. See, Cobra, yeah. See, yeah. I'm the big boss. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm the big boss. Super, uh. So uh, Eisenberg, uh, I was like, just like I know this is gonna hurt, and I just want to see the least amount possible. <laughs> and I think I honestly was not as concerned about Batman as a lot of people were, even after the ba- the Affleck uh, casting announcement, yeah. simply because I felt like. Zack Snyder had already shown us what his Batman looks like yeah. in The Watchmen, when yeah. I with the with the owl, yeah, uh, certain uh, a night owl, yeah, night owl. Uh, uh, night owl. I remember while watching Watchmen and when he fights in the cells, I'm like, dude, this is Batman. Yeah, this is Batman. Exactly. That's circa, basically. It was Batman in every way. Based off of anyway. of course. He's but like I was like, this is exactly how you do Batman. Yeah. He's. He was kind of a mix, actually, of Clark Kent and uh, Bruce Wayne, yeah, a uh, Night Owl, yeah. yeah. Where he was, imp- then that's the kind of that's that's what I'm talking about. You know how he was really polite, mm. and everyone was dour and sad and swearing, yeah. And he had the ability to be brutal, but he was always kind of like pushing his glasses back and going like, "Come on, you know." And he'd visit the former Night Owl and be. It was kind of like, nerdy. He was just like a gentleman. Yeah, he yeah. was a gentleman, and I felt that 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 that's that's where that's another place where I was hoping they'd bring it. Stare it a little bit back. I agree. To, to I agree that. with you there. I wanted the the uh, the fight to be good, of course, 
but I was also looking for the reason why they were fighting, which seemed odd to me. Yeah, in the right? spoilers, that's basically the part that I'm really going to dig into. The trailers the at least seem like, to suggest that Superman was maybe under the influence of Lex Luthor, because you see him uh, kind of bowed yeah. down to him in the trailer. I don't know. Yeah, there was all this weird like uh, dystopian stuff yeah and, that was yeah. Okay, right. you know it was like maybe maybe it's that or who knows mind yeah. control or something because you'd think like they're both heroes they're both trying to do good why would they be at odds mm-hmm. so i wanted that that part was interesting to me and then it was clear that they they weren't going to kill each other and they were going to become friends at some point and mm-hmm. that's kind of part of like the whole comic book universe right like they they're Arguably, like like the best of friends between the two of them. In well, they're of yeah, they're peers. They're peers. They aren't the best of friends, but they completely respect one another. They have been very close. Yeah, but they were never buddy buddy. Yeah, and the, the the reason being that Superman's always had the problem with Batman's sort of darker edge. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, and vice versa. And Batman's paranoia is always. It always bothered him that Superman can't be stopped. Mm-hmm. And he likes to be a guy who's prepared for everything. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the little dark area that's always between them. But, you know, they've done everything from swap identities to, like... First of all, that's the thing. Batman could never hide his identity from Superman ever, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right? And uh, all of his little parlor tricks never worked on him and stuff like yeah. that. But Okay, so those so are your expectations. I, I wanted to see how they were going to resolve that and okay. move past it. I mean, look, you know, I make the movie, I made the movie for. I'm a comic book guy, and I made the really I made the movie based as much as I could on that aesthetic. And so um, I, I I don't know how else to do it 100. percent So I, it is what it is, you know. Spoiler alert! Spoiler! Spoiler alert! Mishmani Penny. The shit out of everything. Advise yeah. all hands. If you have not seen this movie, spoiled. Stop listening right now. <laughs> yes, although I hesitate to feel guilty in any way for spoiling anything seeing as how as we mentioned earlier the trailer is pretty much i feel fuck this movie so hard that um if i there was any ire i i think collectively we should have an ire towards the trailers but did you see it coming i i i didn't see it coming. I, what it's not that because they did mislead in the trailers mm-hmm. a little bit but they gave away all of the punch moments all of the big yeah. punch moments were gone so Agreed. The they gave away the Wonder Woman's best scene, like her her big like intervention scene, and then there's I nothing. Think her best scene was the smile. The smile. The smile. You know when when she's fighting Doomsday, and then she gets like smacked hard, and she flies through the air, and then she kind of smiles, and then you know jumps back. Yeah, that was that a was nice her touch. Best scene for me, I think. It was a nice touch, but they they didn't do they didn't have her do anything else. There were no <laughs> other really good solid scenes about her or with yeah, her yeah yeah um, it's a cameo right it's an extended cameo. yeah i got a little bit of a a little bit of a like a, almost a shiver like a, this is really good yeah when when the the, the when bruce wayne finds the, the photo of her okay like uh it was so it's it was striking and i think uh like yeah, yeah it, the okay. photo usually when they do that whole like find an old picture of an immortal or whatever and he like the highlander bit yeah or whatever, where he st- he or she is standing amongst like World War One fighters or Civil War or whatever, it's never it's always it's always funny and cheesy. It's not yeah. done well, but here with like the picture was really well done. You, I true. really felt she was standing there with these 
uh, Belgian freedom fighters, or whatever it is, yeah. and it's that like the old uh, costume too, right? Or a version of the old, yeah. co- older costume. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that that I that thought cool. was on the money, but otherwise the trailer gave away so much. I agree. So much. Yeah. Um, it gave away key scenes in the fight. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the Batman armor was never, was should not have been revealed. Uh, that should have been like an upgrade. They should have, if they teased and they showed what the actual Batman suit was going to look like. This should have been like a little candy, you know, where you thought he's going to see the eyes or something. Yeah. Or maybe just see the, hear the voice, whatever. But in the movie, I would have liked to have seen him go, okay, well, my regular suit's not going to do it. Is the project ready? And Alfred going like, well, it's not finished yet, but Mm -hmm. fuck it. And open the vault and it's there. And then that would have been such a pop moment for viewers, I think, in the theater to see him don it. We don't even get to see him put it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't see it like in the case. Yeah, he just boom appears yeah. with it next to his uh, strobe light, and I was like, "Oh, that's hopefully a bit they are rated." You know, maybe they're gonna see it because they're basically supposed to add, I think, twenty three minutes. Okay, so the, maybe they'll expand on that a little bit. Hopefully. Right, but at this point, like at the moment, it's spoiled for no, me. For sure, you know. Yeah. Okay, so Richard, would you like to start? Um, I mean, overall, I enjoyed I enjoyed the movie. Um, I thought the the fight sequence was pretty good. That's what we I think we were all there for. Um, problems I had with it was like uh, the the motivation why they were fighting. I didn't really get yeah. uh, Lex Luthor like why he was really doing any of this stuff. I didn't I didn't understand the when they stopped fighting it seemed for no reason aside from that their moms had the same name. And then all of a sudden everything's forgiven and, and oh okay it's it's cool you're a killer alien now now we're best friends yeah um, it was particularly uh, I think uh, painful and and not satisfactory at all as a as a reason as a turn in their relationship because uh, probably my favorite part of the film was the whole opening sequence where they kind of retcon so good revisit the, the it almost redeemed the the band of steel fight at the end yeah. Yeah. to see it from yeah. the human's perspective um and again i've got a feeling that that was not originally part of the plan uh i, f- I feel like they uh they made some ch- i feel like the, the the criticism of the man of steel like uh wholesale destruction kind of uh you know got to the studio and they were like okay we need to sort of do a little damage control yuck yuck here you because think? yeah i can see how it might be that, that yeah because i don't think there was a, they were as concerned they didn't think the audience would be as concerned about the <clears throat> lo- loss of life as the there was a huge outcry at the end yeah. of Man-, man of steel about that yeah because it seemed like the entire city was destroyed yeah and in this movie didn't, especially it in the super like a couple buildings went down exactly yeah. so for me that entire opening did I feel like I need to, needed to see um, Batman's um, origin again? No. But uh, this is where Snyder... It explained Snyder... the fight, though. Sorry? It explained the fight. I think that they basically injected that to be able to justify why they stopped fighting. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, Otherwise yeah, of course. Seen it. Yeah. Because, but what I, whereas you can give Zack Snyder uh, crap about a lot of different things that he may or may not do. One of the styles that I feel uh, he really did nail and is his, and it was, again, of course, very much a callback to Watchmen, was the uh, getting you up to speed in the introduction. Yeah. Right? So short of having, like, uh, Bob Dylan playing over the beginning, it was very Watchmen-like, right down to having the guy that played the comedian play uh, Mm -hmm. his father. Um, But 
that to me that setup was so juicy and so strong and so clearly established Bruce Wayne's whole yeah. problem that then when we're back to that scene that you're talking about where they just like Martha Martha friends yeah uh, it was like bum, bum, bum. you just basically fucked the entire opening yeah Lois Lane comes in and goes like his name is or, what was it his mom's name is Martha yeah. it's his <laughs> like, mother's oh, name oh oh well, why did I you say so I the weakest part of the entire movie why, why did yeah. you say so oh my, my mom's name is Martha too okay well we're best friends now but well, then there's just no reason I will fear save you. Martha yeah, right but it really really made zero sense because the entire movie goes on about how he's able to save Lois right, right. and goes out of his way to actually save her always knows where she is by either her heartbeat or whatever the case may be jumps off a building he's there she's in Africa he's there but then when his mother gets taken and there's a t- that what I hated about it was the half hour you know time say you have 30 minutes yeah right and he spends 20 of them fighting with Batman rather than just blurred out listen dude he has my mother help me right and I can understand there's all kinds of justifications for it that you know he was being beaten up by Batman so and because of his personality that he's kind of an egomaniac that if he gets hit in the face he's gonna fight back a little bit right because he wasn't expecting to get hit in the face but it just feels like that was such a weak way to introduce the fight and to have the driving point being that his that he's trying to find his mother he's got a half hour to find his mother but he doesn't know where he is but he already it was so bluntly illustrated that he always knows where lois is right but doesn't know where his mother is and alfred found his mother in 10 seconds yeah like that was like it just seemed really really weak hey could you give me a hand to find my mom and just blurt that out right away because that's what his character would do right right? like we'll settle this shit later yeah or he's so fast that he could check every room in the city within you know like yeah like when lois gets thrown off the building he's like in the arctic or some shit something like that and then before she hits the ground he's he had left he had left yeah yeah. he'd he'd changed into his costume and just showed up combed his hair so wouldn't he i found that really weak wouldn't he be able to just search the whole city this yeah. is again with the same hearing. Again, the same problems I felt with uh, Man of Steel is they just felt like um, Zack Snyder's style has become this like flipbook of scenes and flipbooks of sequences, and all the connectors are missing. I wouldn't know if I, I wouldn't say if all of the connectors are missing. A lot of them, because anyway. yeah, but like, and basically the ones that are missing are really big driving points. Yeah, the most important ones at the yeah. very least are, are yeah. not there. And because I think that's, that's what this movie was about. It was it really, really was him versus him, Batman versus Superman. That's what the movie is called. Yeah. And that's what everybody was waiting for. And then for that one climactic scene where it's like, okay, the fight's gonna happen, we're you know, we're gonna see it. It's so yeah. awesome. It's like thirty minutes. That's how much time you have. And it, like what I loved about it was like I loved the pictures of Martha, you know, where you know where like, like it was, it was that brutal where you see Lex's guys and like the fucking drawn on her face with like a sharpie and that kind of shit, and it's like like oh my god, they have his mother and like it was almost kind of like a, a rapey vibe. Yeah, to it was it. a yeah. bit of a moment. Like they did something terrible to her. Like right holy there. shit, this is bad, right? And then obviously 
you think, well, Superman's gonna fucking lose it now, right? Like, like they did this to his mom. Like, this is this is gonna be fucking huge. But then everything was just counterintuitive of that building up to it. He just falls to his knees and yeah, yeah. like the falls to it. Like it was just wasting too much time after illustrating so bluntly that he wouldn't waste time. And it's again compounded by the point that you brought up. It's again weakened even further by the issue of Lex Luthor not having a clear motivation beyond seemingly having gone o- crossed over into uh, into Joker territory. Yeah, just like yeah. this is really entertaining for me. Because okay, listen, I understand. I understand now that you cannot go straight from comic. First of all, adaptation is a, is a thing. Number two, because these stories are known so well. I can't blame any filmmaker for saying, okay, let's try something else. Mm-hmm. Let's try another rendition. And if there are a million versions of Superman and Batman, there are certainly a million and one versions of Lex Luthor. Uh, right down to the cart- some cartoon versions where he was almost black, like he was a black guy. Or he was like dusky skinned mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the Dark Knight uh, animated mm-hmm. series. A little bit, yeah. Um, and there's everything from like more of a huskier, kind of almost kingpin-like guy uh, to a secret genius, to a bit of a nerdy dude, to a very arrogant uh, corporate tycoon type, and my first Gene Hackman version too. The Gene Hackman version, which where there was it was just Gene Hackman, right? Slapsticky almost. He refused to <laughs> bend to the character. Yeah. The same way oh, that. Yes. Miss Miss Which was great. It was fucking awesome. Right. Um. Uh, to to the version, I mean, again, I could go. We could all go on and on about which version we'd like to have seen. I would have personally liked to have seen the version of Luther that, uh, who's and herein lies sort of the reason I'm bringing this up is because could have provided the motivation that was so sorely missing in this movie is the version of him that's the human Superman. And yeah. they did this in the comics, and where he is super intelligent. He's physically impressive. The only thing that's missing is his hair, right? Like that's mm-hmm. his sort of like a little dig on him is that his hair fell out or whatever. But otherwise, he would have been the greatest human on earth if it hadn't been for this fucking Kryptonian falling on our planet. Mm-hmm. And that in that jealousy, that resentment, knowing that nothing he does will ever p- top Superman uh, other than if he becomes his greatest villain, his, his nemesis. I think you still kind of see that, though, in this movie, right? Like, you see the jealousy aspect of it. Like the middle child syndrome. Yeah, you know, where, okay. you know where it was his father's company, and then, and then basically the father dies. It's implied that he might have something to actually do with it. And but it's all dealt with in throwaway lines, you know. And he's, yeah, and he's not yeah. great in any way. He's Pardon me? he's not like uh, his character is not great. Like, they don't illustrate that. Yeah, they like even make kind of fun of him. He's a weirdo. Yeah, like, when he has his little dinner party, yeah, he's yeah. like he has like a breakdown. In he's front mumbling of all this nonsense into the microphone. Yeah, and even people are like, "The fuck's wrong with this guy?" I find that that was also like a weak point that they didn't really develop his character at all enough. Yeah, yeah. they didn't even give us like a. Uh, other characters talking about him, like um, Lex actual Luthor, footage, the genius. And, the actual uh, leaked footage that just came out, I think it was last week, where where he's in the ship, and this is where they f- this is where they actually catch Luther, right? Um, where he's in the ship and he's in like the ooze or something, and he's talking to a. What what basically people are saying is one of Dark Seeds. 
Oh, Steppenwolf. Uh, he makes, the dark, yeah. Well, he yeah, makes yeah. contact with dark side yeah. uh, people, essentially. That's it's, what but again, saying, they yeah. cut that out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, you know, the interesting thing is, okay, if we run with the Zack Snyder version, mm-hmm. we stay within the realm of this movie, and we go, we're going for an eccentric, stuttery, nerdy, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Lex Luthor, <laughs> right? Which I couldn't help. Emotionally stunted a little right? bit. Hmm. If we go with that, then um, I felt like the motivation for him to have a problem with Superman was right there along with uh, Bruce Wayne's. It could have mm-hmm. just very been simply like this guy the devastated Metropolis and you could have easily established that Luther Corp or Lex Corp or whatever um, is heavily invested in Metropolis and they, you know, that there was collateral damage and that uh, this was a huge, huge hit on their on his estate, if, mm-hmm. as it were, and also he that he's branded himself also as a kind of protector yep. of Metropolis, which would have immediately kind of been interesting because now he has some reason to want to get Batman on board. But I think that that would have made him too relatable, you know, because if you because if because basically if that was actually the actual driving points for him then like you would kind of feel bad for him a little bit right until you discover so this would have been just this cover story right okay. on on the cover he would have been like i'm concerned this this guy's a threat yeah uh, bruce wayne is correct yeah you know you, you know wayne you should you should we should partner up right he yeah. even says at some point we should work on something together yeah that could have been a good conversation about like listen we're both we're both dynasty families. But Wayne wasn't really outspoken against Superman, was he? Not in no. Movie? Yeah. No. And this brings up a problem I want to mention later uh, okay. about Gotham City. Um, but uh, I felt that he could have done this whole bit of concerned citizen, concerned social uh, leader, yeah. and then simply just come around when once he had Superman and go like, I want his powers. I want to yeah. dissect him. I want to know what's. I want. I want the. Happen. I want the power. Yeah. I want it. Because yeah. uh, because I, I I control everything else. I'm a rich fuck. I have all the technology. I have all the knowledge. I can everything I want. I want Superman's powers, yeah. or I want to cut him into pieces. Which he probably could have done with that ship, right? Right. Mm. Right. So overall, I think that was maybe a big uh, problem. Uh, Agree with you there. The fight was very entertaining to me. The fight was done super well. Yeah. And I think for anyone that's seen the comic book fight versions, like all of the versions that uh, that have done, been done in animated versions. It was easily on par with any of those fights. I was waiting for that lamppost scene. Yes. Where he plugs himself into the lamppost. I was so hoping for that. In the, in the, uh, in the comics animated series, uh, he, there's this bit where Superman, uh, Batman actually reroutes all the power from the city into his he armor. He plugs himself into the actual grid. Yeah. And he tries to give him the mother of all like, but electrical But it's such shots. an iconic panel. And that's the one thing about this movie is that there are so many panels that you see that are like big Lifted. iconic panels yeah. and that you see them on the big screen and it's like this fucking awesome yeah. when he gets hit by the nuke and then he kind of blows himself back up and like that was like you know and all kinds of scenes like that and the, I was just waiting for that one the uh, the crypt the Kryptonian canister things yeah that I thought mm-hmm. was really great yeah. it was well paced yeah. uh, I you got, could have done that earlier though like in that first barrage where you had like the machine guns in like the canister to open with that yeah you could have opened with that yeah and just like shot him with that thing and then riddled him with bullets and it'd be done yeah when he catches the first one <laughs> yeah when he catches the first yeah. yeah right there it could have been but he wouldn't have to wait for that he could have done that could have been like he had a couple of those right he could have thrown one of those and he would have caught it and then poof and then 
those like Gatling guns would come out and just like <laughs> yeah I found the Batman was a bit too like where he was apprehensive when he when 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 it didn't make s- sense for him to be okay you know in the few scenes in that movie because he's an angry character in yeah when movie. you see him train and shit like yeah, he's ready yeah. to kill yeah, yeah yeah but then he kind of holds back when like it it doesn't really fit to in in the actual fight sequence like you know just basically like you said he holds back and it's just well why it was not mm. even uh, i think another problem i had with their their animosity as well is they didn't really sell me on superman's problem with batman either because mm. we're supposed to believe that amidst all this superman uh, frenzy and controversy that's going on globally and everyone wants answers from superman and he's being yeah. pressured and He's trying to maintain his relationship with Lois, and that's kind of falling apart and whatever. They kind of really forced this bit in there with Clark Kent wanting to expose the bat the bat, and having yeah. a problem with the bat. And I was like, I wasn't convinced that Clark Kent, A, would have a problem specifically with a guy like Batman and that he would be wanting to pursue it and the uh, Perry White uh, blocking him from doing so. Yeah. It, it all felt a bit forced. I don't think he would have had... Uh I mean that part I kind of understood a little bit just because of this iteration of Batman kills. Right, but so does but no, he. No, no, see that I want to argue that point. Hang on, argue that point. Yeah, hold, okay. Just one right, second. Cool. Hold that. Just Sorry, one yeah. second, a thought because we got to get into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's the problem is that he had all the, uh, this problem with Batman being too vicious and whatever, and he's a vigilante. But he hasn't done anything that Superman hasn't done by this point. It's true. That's a good point. And in greater numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His bumbling and his not knowing exactly how to control On things. On top of that, he'd been doing that for 20 years. Right. So it's nothing new. It's not like it was introduced right at that time sequence. In, yeah. And in fact, the bat had been absent for a while, right? Or yeah. he had, he's not fully active. Yeah. yeah and in yeah. this universe, Gotham and uh, Metropolis. Uh, Metropolis are like across yeah. the harbor. Okay. So that's, sister cities, yeah. that's one thing I really had a big problem with, where you could see Gotham from uh, from the top of Lex Corp's tower. Like, I was like, what? You've Wait. seen that also in the actual books, though, where, sure. you know, where like they're sister cities. That I didn't really have a problem with. I don't know. I across don't... the bay. It's kind of like Detroit and... Or Washington, and yeah. or something like that. Okay, maybe let's yeah. let's say let's 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 get, give him a thing. pass on that yeah. one. Hmm. But um, yeah, it, it was hypocritical of him to have such an issue with him. But Superman didn't directly kill anybody. It was more just the aftermath and like the buildings falling and stuff. Sure. As, aside from Zod, right? Batman didn't right. either, though. Other than in the dream sequence, Batman didn't directly kill anybody. Uh, I disagree. Uh, I not on in screen. In the car chase? Not on screen. Chase. The car chase with the machine guns? Yeah, yeah. You don't blatantly see him killing anybody. You see him shooting the actual car with... like, like It's heavily it's, implied. It's heavily implied. Absolutely, yeah. right? But you don't see him blatantly kill anybody outside of the actual dream sequence where like he snaps necks, shoots people, blah, He's blah, blah, stabbing blah. people right. in the fucking heart and practically... He and, threw like the car that was dragging behind yeah, onto another car. It's like, those all, people are it, dead. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, it's, like, I will... By no means will I deny that it isn't heavily implied, right? But this, Although, this is a okay, so big, Superman. Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. let's look at the the point where with the photographs with uh, Lex Luthor. Yeah. If that if that if he didn't have a problem with killing people, at that point his mom's uh, fate was outside of Lex Luthor's hands. Right. He put the timer on. Mm-hmm. These guys 
or he's waiting for them to call him. Lex didn't even, yeah, didn't so even know where Superman where she was. could have just snapped his neck and figured it out, right? He mm-hmm. didn't need to keep Lex Luthor alive. Yeah. Right, so. Well, no, but he has a problem actually with killing people, though. Superman does. Yeah, but he doesn't have a problem threatening to break every bone in your body, which I thought was really where they missed a mark. Well, yeah. Superman does that in the books. They could often. He, he could have turned all of his bones to powder people. just, yeah. just because he did that, rather than falling to his knees and start sobbing and. Yeah. But then I think people would have complained a lot more if he did that. <laughs> you know, if all of a sudden you see Superman snapping a leg, an arm, right. a leg. Well, there. that's what I'm saying. That's where I feel like Christopher Reeve, while I don't want to be one of those like Christopher Reeve nuts, mm-hmm. I was expecting Superman to say something like, you know, uh, what's your problem with me, Luther? Like, wh- why are you doing this? I wouldn't want that exposition. Um, I, I've heard it so many times. Maybe it's because I'm... You know, like a super fan, right? And because I've read all the comics and seen all the cartoons, I think I didn't need that, right? But I can understand how somebody who isn't at the same kind of level of fandom, for lack of a better word, might have seen that as beneficial. I would have, because Luther is yet another person that Superman could finish in less than a blink of an eye. Well, everybody in the movie is. So everybody on Earth. So need that kind of exposition for every single interaction that he actually has, right? But the first thing he says to him is like, we can do this. He almost gives him like a, I'll, uh, if you give up now, I won't like snap every bone in your body. Like that's the first thing out of Superman when he lands on the top of the mm. building. And I was like, oh, that doesn't, doesn't sound right. Mm. That sounds like something Batman would but say. But I think that it was a buildup to that scene though, right? Because the buildup to that was... Basically everything that happened in Africa, and then and then basically the big explosion in DC, and then like let me add, all kinds of build up. Let me let me take this opportunity to add that that whole bit with Africa I thought was completely useless, and I did not understand the the the, ne- the need for it. Well, the need was there so that they could build up the committee that would lead to the to to the explosion in. They were DC sabotaging and all the Holly Hunter thing. reputation. Okay, yeah. but like, really, like the the America would bellyache about Superman uh, in potentially killing some fucking warlord in in yeah. sub-Saharan Africa. No, because they killed a bunch of other people and sort of framed him for and it. And they blamed Superman, right? For it. Like so the bit just, in just the, to take his halo off. Yeah. The bit in the in the Senate, like that, I thought that was, was powerful. Like, I, I, uh, although, again, it was useless when you really think about. Was it? it you think? Yeah. In fact, there are two things that I realized were absolutely useless and were there just to create action scenes, but that plot-wise were completely useless. Um, Batman's chasing of the kryptonite, Yeah, the entire thing was useless. Because he had the actual... You know, they gave us the a whole action sequence with Batman chasing the kryptonite. But he didn't he, have to it, he had fucks track up. on it, right? Well, he fucks up, yeah. right? And then... In the next scene, which without them giving us any details, they just give us Luther walking into his, his house in, in disorder and mm-hmm. the bat, batarang where the kryptonite used to be. Well, because yeah. of the chase, he put the tracker on the, on the truck. Yeah. So but then he knew where, which yeah. facility it was in. I get that, but it But defeats, he did that before... He before does that the before chase. the chase. Yeah. 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 So yeah. the chase he was... He didn't just, really need to chase. Yeah, the chase was But it defeats the dramatic, the dramatic goals of that whole chase scene. Right. Rem- yeah. like you, it, and his it, defeat. His defeat is nullified and is completely useless. But you take that scene out and we don't have the Batmobile scene. 
Sure. So, but this is what so, I'm yeah. saying is that it was just put in there for to give us action. an action scene that otherwise but it was and so again, same thing with the uh, the Senate blowing up. That I'm going to argue with you on though. It was Senate. completely useless. I don't think it was useless. It would have been useful if because the reason I think it was nullified mm-hmm. and I I'm sorry, I want to give you yeah. an opportunity to respond to this. The reason I, I thought it was immediately you. nullified is because when it happened, the reason like most people went, "Oh fuck. Good one, Lex," right? Is because we're like, fuck, he's gonna be framed for this. Mm. But almost immediately, you hear the news channels somehow immediately knowing that this was a bomb and this was the fault of the guy in the wheelchair and that Superman had nothing to do with it. He's like exonerated by the news and by the radio chatter immediately after it happens. Well, that's not the way I remember it. Yeah, neither. That's that's how it happens. They had like effigies of Superman and like letting them on fire and stuff, no? Yeah, Yeah, but at the same time, when the explosion happens, you hear the news chatter and they immediately describe exactly what happened in there as opposed to thinking that Superman like zapped everybody. They described that there was an explosion, right? But they didn't... Say that it no, they wasn't named, him. No, though. they named the guy. They named the we- guy by the wheelchair. But that was after the fact. That was that was because there was basically a scene where all kinds of news channels were speaking about it, right? And that's kind of out of the actual Dark Knight as you know as well, where you basically see a bunch of the, yeah. you know, different you know, Charlie Rose and fucking exactly. Anderson Cooper, exactly. Which right? like you know, so I, that, that that's another time thing frame, that was like right? dumb. But anyway, but all right, let me let me let you respond to right. any some of this stuff. What basically I enjoyed about that scene is that it basically illustrated what Lex would do to to actually get to to actually move his plan forward right where his personal assistant mercy right which really is kind of like his right hand man right he completely killed her through this everybody inside the senate and they really did kind of play up on that scene where she, where holly hunter's character i can't remember her senator name or something senator or something or other right senator holly hunter yeah exactly realizes that he set her up right and that was a really powerful scene for me where it's like okay shit this is what lex will actually do to get what he wants right which is which is we're still not sure what <laughs> we so yeah and see i'm okay with the unknowns of the movie because it because it actually breeds conversations like this right and basically going back to that where you see superman with like with all of the hope kind of drained out of him realizing that every everybody is going to blame him for this and that on top of everything else now there's there's basically that much more blood on his hands right so it really did set a tone of okay basically the first thing is that he will go that far right he'll kill everybody uh-huh. just to actually get to you know to superman and superman was that was a defeat for superman right where like he really fucking you know got smacked in the chin for that you know i i don't i i don't uh, dispute what you uh, what do you think richard what did you feel that that scene really injected luther with with an arc or that it gave him any motivation i didn't i didn't really understand his his arc at all uh it, it at least it showed that he was willing to do some evil shit there, there was, there was that for sure. But mm-hmm. I think it took away from the um, the death scene 
at the end because right. everybody was like hating Superman, and then all of a sudden, like the the death of Superman doesn't work as well if it doesn't they don't have like the whole world mourning him, you know? right? But then they were anyways, which seemed it just seemed solely based on the fact that he he helped kill Doomsday. But that's a big thing. Right. That's a big thing because you basically have Doomsday there, which 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 nobody else can kill. Sacrifices himself for this for humanity. Doomsday wasn't even around long enough for people to understand what kind of danger he posed. You know, well, maybe some people in the situation room realized that this thing, for some reason, can't be killed, and they were coming to the conclusion the mass, that the they public, couldn't possibly yeah. know. And the masses would very likely not be aware of what actually happened, right? No, well, it'd be like, oh, there was some guy in a mask. Space, and You but, see nukes go off in space, and you see an entire city where, like, unpopulated part of the actual city. Like, this wasn't as if it was, like, way off in Timbuktu kind of thing. Right. This was still okay. inside Gotham, Let's right? say that happened. Okay, let's right. say the people got... Let, let's assume that the people got to see him kill doomsday i that's a fight that i f- was really disappointed by um you know apart from the fact that uh, like uh, the half and the bad guys were saying um uh, doomsday's power seem to be he seems to become like a discotheque like that's his yeah. new power <laughs> i didn't like his powers <laughs> he's turned into like yeah. a disc uh, 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 he looked like a cr- uh, one of the trolls from lord of the rings okay <laughs> troll monsters oh yeah he didn't really he? did yeah. yeah at first though he totally did and but then at first, he starts growing bones yeah and yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah because after the actual bones came in he really did look a lot like doomsday sort of yeah. but he had he was uh, he was unintelligent and that's i think another aspect well, of, doomsday wasn't intelligent either yeah but doomsday had a yes he was he wasn't like a not he, in the initial comments not a conversation pure, pure pure rage yeah but he had like a he wasn't just a a, a mad gorilla like he was he a was. He was a fighter. He 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 fought like he had strategy, like he had animal yeah. strategy. But right. um, Superman, it, when he kills Superman in the comics, they have themselves a f- proper fucking fight. Yeah, and it's the the half of the shock of seeing Doomsday kill Superman is until then Superman had never really been decaped and bleeding and and other than Dark Seed, yeah, yeah, like no one ever ever seen Superman humbled. Mm-hmm. And you, you you even get to see a, a like a vicious side of Superman where he's done all of the rock hurling and supermanisms that he, he can do, and it's just not doing anything against this fucking creature, and it ends really like bear hug, and he's just pounding him, pounding him in the fucking it's head, brute force. Yeah, and again, I get it; they didn't couldn't do that because they'd crammed so much shit into this movie already. Um, but it, it just felt like they they spoiled or not spoiled, but they they ruined not ruined. They wasted potential. They wasted exactly. Yeah. You know what seemed weird to me? Because originally, uh, Doomsday he came from Krypton, right? Like he was like a. There's a couple of different origins for him. Okay. For uh, what I heard, like he was like a, a weapon of yeah of Krypton, like engineered to be like. A, he's definitely that. That's a mainstay. Yeah. yeah. That he's some sort of weapon that was shut down and then it got woken again. It seems odd to me that a little bit of blood from Luther. Like a weak human, combined with Zod, would make this more powerful thing. Yeah, the, the blood from Luther thing. I'm still not clear on what the. I don't get the blood either part. Like that. First of all, where did this fucking Genesis chamber come from? <laughs> well, the Genesis chamber was there to begin with. Where? When would the? When? When did this even? When was? It was in the ship. It was introduced in the ship. Uh, wasn't it introduced in Man of Steel? The ship was, but the Genesis thing. I'd never heard of it until this moment. 
No? Anyway, no. so that seemed huh. weird to me. It also seemed weird to me that Superman would leave this Kryptonian ship yeah. in the middle of yeah. the city for them to build like a tent around. Even the military or the, would leave would let this go on in the center of the city. Yeah. And how he, would they move it though? And well, Superman know, so could easily have moved it. Yeah. And put it, you know, close Stash to the, it away somewhere. That's one part away. that I was kind of a little bit lost on too. And there's all this Kryptonian and you see the same knowledge. thing inside Mexico or something like that where where it's where where it's in the actual water. You know, where they first find the actual, you know, giant rock of kryptonite? Yeah. Yeah. That seemed a bit odd that he wouldn't do that. Especially after they show him dragging, like, a giant ship liner. Yeah. Through the Arctic. It's like, well, if he can do that to the ship liner, why can't he grab the the shipper and if the yeah, ship is like full of all this kryptonian knowledge why isn't superman trying you to get in there to try to learn about yeah. his own people you wouldn't you would you would have dealt with that first right right after right after men of steel he would have exactly. put away like be like let's lock this shit down yeah and yeah. you know use this for good pick up of all evil. the remnants because like, any evil guy could go in and do some evil yeah. shit with it right the other thing even putting all that stuff aside you have lex luther going into the ship and then having what do they say? Like, they have uh, knowledge of 100,000 different worlds and yeah. whatnot. So this, like, super genius says, like, oh, yeah, you know, knowledge of 100,000 worlds. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Let's make a monster, <laughs> you know, rather than, like, locking that, that shit that's down going and to all be, the things yeah. that he could have done other than that. Apparently, that's going to be expanded on in the actual R-rated one where we'll see him in the ship where they'll basically expand that he had the time to actually learn all this stuff right okay and yeah like that was definitely like a big they, like they what did, the fuck they did this it. so much better in the richard donner um yeah gene hackman was like oh, yeah like, he spends like, a good bit of time there right and he even like there's a little scene where he he can't access the stuff and he just figures out with his intellect how this these crystals work and the only reason he has access is because no one else is able to get out there yeah or knows that the fortress of solitude yeah. is out there that's why the security is a little lax. Even the Here, Kevin Spacey, you know, one where uh, with uh, Kevin Spacey and Brandon uh, Routh, yeah, Superman Returns handled that a lot better too. I find. So he gets into the ship. Okay, it's in the middle of the city. Yeah. it's on lockdown. Military control. Huge tent around it. Helicopters going around. He gets access to the ship by slicing off the fingertips of Zod and putting them he on his own fingertips. Can't leave out working out the deal to get access right. with this undescribed guy by handing him candy or some shit. Right, <laughs> like it was right, like that. Exactly. It was it was but, that awkward scene of like, okay, we're gonna give you access to everything. In exchange for I can't even remember but what the it was military for. had had the ship. For weaponizing the military the had equipment. Yeah, weaponizing right. the military had the ship. The military had Zod. Yeah. They didn't need to slap off his fingertips. They just could have taken his dead hand and put it against the thing. Yeah, you know? but they would have to carry it. I think that that was kind of <laughs> or a just way get a just, just get a just lift his lift his fingerprints. I think yeah. that that was a way for them to illustrate that that you could damage damage that that you could damage a Kryptonian with the actual rock. I have further right. questions, but that's. But that's that's how he gains entry into yeah. the ship that the military hasn't been able to in the however many months it's been since the. But why does Zod's movie, right? why does Zod's hand give access to the ship that was sent for Kal-el? It's the it's no that was Zod's ship from yeah. before. This is Zod's ship. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The one that he arrived in with his. With his All right. Well, that raises another very big Greece. question: Where Greece. the fuck are the thirty other Kryptonians? 
that could not have possibly didn't they didn't they all get sucked in at the end of man of steel in back into the negative zone yeah yeah but they they, they couldn't have possibly 30. they couldn't think like maybe maybe what there was the big guy there was the chick there was the scientist they looked like there'd be like at least 10 15 of them no i think that there were maybe three or four Oh, no, there was more than that. There was no henchmen. There were, there were like there were henchmen. No. I felt like there was. I remember a scene where I, I remember seeing at least five or six of them. I don't think so. And that's pro- another problem I had with Men of Steel, where I was like, "Why are only two? Why are they all not bum rushing him and kicking the living shit out of him? Because that's yeah, a fight I, I would love to see." I don't think that there were. I there was there was there was that giant giant guy. Okay. The ch- the uh, ch- the ch- the chick, the scientist, and there was. Zod. Okay. There might um, have been one more. Richard, would you mind uh, just looking it up? Um, and we'll see how many. Because somebody must have um, counted this. I'm just curious to yeah. see how many Kryptonians in Zod's army or whatever, in Zod's group yeah. at the end of the movie. In any case, yep. we're nitpicking here. Yeah, for sure. But certainly, I agree with Richard 100%. The whole Lex... Fucking around with uh, Kryptonian technology was really breezed over and not, again, not clearly. I think it left a lot of open-ended questions. That's for sure. And like, I like see as a f- as a fan, I appreciate the open-ended questions. I'm also frustrated by them. Yeah. You know, because as a viewer, I kind of want that nicely packaged kind of, you know, you know, gift of. A film where I can watch it and have basically everything answered. But as a fan, I enjoy wondering. Okay, well, did he speak? Did like was he in communication dark, with Dark, dark Side? Yeah, did Dark Side like, send him in? Yeah, but like way fucking ahead of time, right? Right. Or that again could have provided him ship? with the motivation. Yeah. Right. You know? If we would have had him, kind of secretly communicating with someone and we don't know who exactly and you know? and you you get the impression that luther is getting his orders from someone or yeah. info from someone on superman and mm-hmm. the need to do this yeah never mind that we're still not clear on why even dark side's gonna want to be interested in all of this but whatever that can be explained yeah. down the line because that is kind of implied in in the actual alternate you know future you know, vision, right? Right, right. So where we do know They've that that's actually again. a dark side controlled world because you see the Omega signal. Yes. Whether yes. it's controlled or not, but he definitely has some kind of level of presence on it. And Superman is, a, is he's he's turned Superman to his side. Yeah, maybe on his side, or it could be an introduction to like the Flashpoint future, or right. it could be Injustice, which is what I'm hoping for and what Certainly I think it is. with the Flashback. Yuck, yuck. Yeah, yeah. Flash that's like it. appearing to him. Yeah, and and then him saying that that him saying that they killed Lois, right? And like she was all that I had, blah blah. blah. Even though Batman didn't really kill Lois, it was Joker in Injustice. But if they go into that Injustice kind of like vibe, overall vibe yeah. to it, I'm gonna be super fucking happy about that because that's a great storyline. Well, yeah, but again, see, I think one of the major things that annoys people, and myself included, when watching this as a film rather than a comic book adaptation, Mm -hmm. Zack Snyder has this propensity to focus on having this lofty dialogue, right? And having these, uh, you know, 
involve like a classical painting in the conversation or quote some poetry or some biblical stuff yeah. um, in order to make it sound very, even in the way Holly Hunter's lines were all very like lofty, like dramatic. Yeah. What, what was that line you were saying that everyone groaned the fuck out of? Oh, um, today is a day for the truth today, or yeah. something along those lines. All yeah. that like, like uh, weird, almost pseudo 300 ish. You know, speech like we will know none of us will remember if we the were good men or all, bad. Yeah. Like all of this big uh, grant, uh, um, grant nothing, Richard. No, that's no, okay. Nothing. Anyway, not important. Um, all this big, lofty, speechy, speechy stuff, but no <coughs> basic explanation of things we need to know. That combination, I think, is really, really maddening. Right? They won't tell you why this guy and this guy are, are, are not friends, or they won't tell you why this guy really wants has a problem with the other guy, but they'll have him monologuing for fucking 10 minutes straight about the future and life and humanity and the mm-hmm. evil, and, and we can't be one, blah, 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 blah. You're like, you get to do that if you want to reflect on real-life events. Then a nice little poetic, metaphoric thing over it could work. But if all you're remembering are these big lofty lines and you're like, yes, but could we just have a conversation between these two characters? That would really help us. That will explain the story. Yeah. Yeah. And like I can definitely see see that side of it, right? And I agree with you for the most part to play the to basically play devil's advocate on it though. What I did enjoy about this and and about Snyder's overall story style is that he doesn't it seems like he makes the movie not so much for the audience but for himself the, well yeah but no but for, yeah chances sorry. are yeah sorry yeah. sorry sorry go no on fire in the hole he makes fire in the hole. It, fire in the hole he makes the movie for the movie right meaning that he doesn't really explain or over explain anything to the audience so that he kind of has the burden of proof rests it on the audience so that if you want to know things then you're going to have conversations about it that you're going to you know oh. basically go on to wikipedia read up on stuff yeah, read up on storylines i don't I this see, is why I prometheus sucked i don't know if it's it lazy like, well, or not if you've seen the hype if you've seen the Prom- side comic then you would understand but you can't Come on. really compare that to batman and superman because of the 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 endless fucking storylines that you can actually choose from, right? Right, and because he's building up a universe, right? So he wants those seeds there. He wants everybody to ask, like, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? Wait, what, what questions guy did he raise that you found were were profound? Not necessarily profound, but just about where where the overall DC universe was actually headed right like 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 where was where was that flash from right where was the actual nightmare scene from um who who was lex talking to at basically the last scene the basically the last scene where lex is going ding 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 the bell is rung right who is he talking about yeah is he actually is he actually talking about dark side or is he talking about brainiac or is he talking about somebody else which would have made so much more sense if they left that scene in that you were talking about yeah yeah. yeah agreed agreed but that's what i appreciate 
about the actual DC movies that, and basically specifically Batman versus Superman is that it raises up a lot of questions, right? And it's not what the audience is used to seeing when it comes to a superhero movie. Anytime that you watch a Marvel movie, you talk about how cool that scene was, right? But then an hour after seeing the movie, you're not thinking about it anymore. You know, it's like you're in it for that hour and a half and then that's it but you don't talk about oh what was iron man thinking about there what was captain america doing it's tied up in a little bow exactly and then you basically watch it and then you're off and then you do your own thing sure but what this is doing is that it's really planting those seeds and that's creating conversation i agree with what you're saying but i think therein lies also a big problem is it's doing so much seed planting that Mm -hmm. there's no movie beyond it being just a a big setup for yeah question mark we'll have to wait another five years to get the full story and we'll probably never get it because those movies will also be setups to further the you know like everything's a setup for a setup for a setup here and there they'll give us an answer but it'll be foiled by the fact that they've raised new questions but you kind of saw that on lost you know it was basically the same thing where every single episode was like well what about this what about that oh but then there's this question too and there's this question too but lost still worked but i think that it worked until the final act yeah, well, because there were just way too many questions. They massively right? wrote themselves and, into a corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the and ending was just horrible, just like Dexter. They took the coward's way out. Yeah. yeah. They took the yeah. coward's way yeah. out and lost. But I think that the audience could tolerate that more because they knew a week later a new episode was coming out. Mm-hmm. And I think with, with you know, basically the cinematic aspect of it, we don't have that kind of patience level. Yeah. So we want everything now, 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 now. Well, you raised a good point earlier when you said that um, DC seems to be doing things in reverse. Completely reverse, um, yeah. Compared to Marvel, where they're going with the big guns out of the gate. And then I think that's another thing that's going to backfire. You think? Yeah. I think no one gives a flying fuck about Cyborg. No one gives a flying fuck about a, a Wonder Woman movie. Nobody. I want to see one. That. I disagree with you. I that. want to see a Wonder Woman, but nobody gives a flying I think, fuck. I think it's going to be one of the biggest superhero movies that we've actually seen. Because I it's hope the you're right. first female superhero movie that we've ever seen. But I don't think that anyone gives a shit in the mm-hmm. mainstream. I think comic book fans will be like, this. comic book fans are like, well, finally. You know, this was like, this is like 10 years overdue. Like, mm. finally, we got, you know, that's been always the complaint like yeah. they've given daredevil they've given a bunch of other minor ghostwriter has like two or three movies they haven't done so just get it over with but i think the mainstream mainstream people are especially after um, i mean gal gadot or whatever her name is the the actress yeah gorgeous gorgeous physically impressive but like i i was completely left indifferent to her as well, an actress. It was a cameo role. She didn't really have any kind of meat to her there to right. actually you know, show off her acting skills or and anything. And this was the opportunity, right? I don't know. See, people say that, but it, but it, but it wasn't a movie about her. It was, it was really an extended cameo, yeah. right? And to kind of go against the argument about nobody caring, nobody cared about Deadpool either. Nobody cared about Guardians of the oh, Galaxy. We can have a different conversation about that. I would like to say that I think, just very quickly, mm-hmm. Deadpool situation is actually hilarious because there's a character that in the comic world is kind of a cult following. Very much so. He's yeah. not super popular. No. Not many people like him. Not people, many people like him. They adapted him perfectly. Yeah. Here's a character comic book fans would have accepted any rendition of, and they were so faithful to the source that it's it's astonishing. 
They, I don't think it would have worked otherwise, though. But they can't do that for characters that we love. Well, no, but they can't do that because because there's only one Deadpool story. There's only one Deadpool character. There isn't 75 years of Deadpool yeah, stories. But see, every time they fuck over the source material, the excuse that Hollywood always gives is like, oh, that just would have not worked on, on screen. Agreed. And we had to make some choices and we wanted to make yeah. it fresh. They did, they did fuck, nothing new. Apart from finding Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. they did nothing new. In fact, they did they played it exactly close to the chest, and it oh, was yeah. perfect. And they don't have that trust when it comes to the big names for some reason. But Cyborg, the movie, uh, really? You you? I mean, apart from the comic book fan, Richard, do you do you? Is that happening? That's yeah. going to happen. Really? Yeah. Huh. But we don't and know Aquaman. anything about. But we have. Yeah, we don't know anything hmm. about the like the average public doesn't know anything about about these characters so at this particular point it's all just conjecture it's like well I don't know anything about him so why the hell would I want to see a movie about him right but after Justice League comes out where we will be introduced to these people you know that's when the interest hopefully sparks right hopefully they give these characters the kind of juice where they'll be able to go okay well now I'm kind of you know now you've kind of piqued my piqued my curiosity for it right I feel I feel that we should before we wrap this up we should definitely just quickly address the uh, the Batfleck situation. There was so much conjecture, so much freaking out over Ben Affleck as Batman. I'd like just to just to say that he was probably for me the best part of the movie. I think it was the best mm-hmm. Batman that we've that you know like I think by far he's the best best representation of that character that we've ever seen on screen. I, I I still think Keaton is is number one, but mm. I'll maybe chuck that up to nostalgia. But yeah. I still think he's the best. But as far as the the Frank Miller iteration, yes, he is that Batman. Yeah, I totally. think he did a great job. And I think it it was it was cool that they did the voice modulation as opposed to him talking yeah. like this. Wasn't all that the a time. relief? Yeah. When you the heard Christian the voice Bale modulation? thing, like I just I can't I couldn't I, couldn't I can't even it. watch the Christian no. Bale ones because of that ridiculous. And and it was brought up after the first after Batman Begins, and it's almost like they doubled down in the. Yeah. In, in in Dark Knight and in uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises, they yeah, doubled down true. on the yeah. on the donkey voice. Fuck you, fans! Fuck you, fans! Do it the way we want. The one issue that I did have with Batman in this one is that they didn't. They, it seems like they didn't make him smart enough. Okay, that he could have been smarter. You know, when he's basically at Lex's house. And he's basically attaching, you know, that spy thing into the uh, the, yeah, the that, server room next to the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To the one wire that's there that for people wire. to hack into their system. Yeah, and it, it just seemed like it wasn't, it wasn't sleuthy enough. It's it very wasn't, James Bond, rather. Yeah, than, and why lie? Why lie about trying to find the kryptonite? <laughs> You know, when he's basically speaking to Alfred and then, like, he doesn't tell Alfred the truth at first. And it's like, like it, it, it... That was weird, yeah. It was, was a bit odd. Because also, Batman doesn't do the sleuthing. Uh, Bruce yeah. Wayne, I mean, doesn't do the sleuthing. Bat- that's that's well, something my girlfriend, yeah. Sylvie, we went with, uh, with okay. her to the, see the movie. And right. So something that she said, it was like, it's Shut just too James, too James Bond. It's a bit too, yeah. Like, with you the know, tuxedo yeah. and the whole bit, like, I, trying to, oh, uh, I was looking for the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> I chalked it up to him being kind of out of practice, right? And that's what they kind of hinted at throughout the actual movie you know that like he's basically out of shape a little bit in that regard so i chalked it up to that but it's like after 20 years of doing doing the actual batman thing you would think that some things would be hardwired in Hmm. 
and that you wouldn't lose that. It's kind of like riding a bike. You know? Yeah. Who, who keeps the server room next to the kitchen? Yeah. In a glass in a door. Glass door. Glass yeah. cube. And then somebody track you down and be like, "Hey, what are you doing in here?" I'm like, "Oh, I was looking for the bathroom." And she's like, "Okay, cool." And she left. <laughs> she yeah. just leaves. Yeah. yeah. And I love how I also love. Although I didn't particularly hate this. This is one of maybe the only things I was like, not great, but work. This works. Is how Lex Luthor went to the trouble of working out all the reasons why these the other characters are going to have logos and like he's already designed logos for them like the flash logo the the uh aquaman logo you know in the folders oh yeah yeah he's kind of worked out all the graphic design for them already (laughs) it was very thoughtful of lex (laughs) yeah that's what that was completely unnecessary (laughs) i did i did while i thought that it was a bit a little fromage uh, I did like of all a the little, little fromage. Sequ- Seeing a little fromage is a, a little, little fromage. fromage. Yeah. <laughs> the the flash thing was very kind of cliche but acceptable. The was, time travel thing? No, when you just see him like uh, take out that guy in the convenience store. Okay. Mm. Even though for some reason he has Loki ponytail kind of he's got a ponytail and a little mustache and i'm mm. like they're really changing up his look for this the movie, fuck yeah. but yeah. They, but they've completely changed uh you know uh aquaman, aquaman. he's become like a yeah. hawaiian dude now so that's fine he's a dothraki now dothraki <laughs> dothrak yeah um and he was able to create a sonic boom underwater <laughs> yes well that he can do that yeah. i know for a fact he can is that physically yeah. possible uh, well, I don't. No? Okay. Well, he can do. I don't think anything Superman does is part of <laughs> physics either. Aquaman is basically Superman uh, in the when water. he's water. Yeah. Right? Uh, oh, and you can talk to the fish. Um, but <laughs> I actually, of all the ones, I got a, I got a chuckle when I saw Miles Dyson <laughs> uh, putting together Cyborg, the actor oh, who yeah, played yeah. Miles. Because <laughs> then I, I, one of my friends. <laughs> You know when he's dying? <laughs> Have you seen that YouTube video? No. It's, somebody looped 15 minutes of Miles Dyson, like, really? Because he's dying in the Skynet lab, you know, after he got shot and he presses the bomb. But in 15 this, minutes of just loop? 15 minutes of him going, just... <laughs> <laughs> it's so disturbing. So it was cool to see that actor. Yeah. Um, but what I marked out for as a comic book fan was the, uh, I forget what they're called, that cube. The uh, I think they're called God Cubes or something. Mother Box. Mother Box. Mother Box. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Seeing the Mother Box was a cool comic that was really book cool. wink. Yeah. Because that means they're going with an updated version of Cyborg, which is far you more interesting. See, yeah. And you see three of those in the actual leaked footage, too. Right. So, you know, I reserve judgment on those movies and whatever, yeah. but um, there was just so, so much going on in this fucking film. Yeah. Mm. I would like to maybe, in closing, if we could all do kind of a little. You know, wrap up. Mm-hmm. Richard, you want to start? Sort sure. of over a, in co- all like a global review. Very good fight scene. Very good bat chase mixed with a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't enough, really yeah. understand like, don't the, defend it. the setup. I don't really understand why they're fighting. I don't really understand why they're friends. I don't understand why Superman doesn't, like, when he throws the pictures down, why he doesn't take him and like put him on the top of Mount Everest until he figures shit out and then go back and get him later or you know stuff like that fly him up into the atmosphere <laughs> yeah stuff like that or when he was uh, f- uh, fighting with uh, what's, what's his name what's the big monster's name again uh, Doomsday. Doomsday. Doomsday when he's fighting with Doomsday like they're hitting each other like across the city but when he's hitting him into the atmosphere where there's like less friction he's only like hitting him like 
five feet at a time where he should be able to just like punch him all the way into punch the, him into the sun well it's because they're actually in motion right so as they're flying if you smack something in motion you're going at the same speed that you're actually smacking him i guess hmm. thank you for that jimmy no problem anyways i just pushed up my glasses which i'm, which I'm not wearing <laughs> your pocket protector's leaking <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> stuff like that um <laughs> The conflicted Superman nature, but then he like the gratuitous like floating in the air with like the cape f- flapping while people are looking up at him. That was like, a comic panel, Jesus- though. Yeah, but right, the, but the they Jesus- do it so many times, yeah. and it's it's in conflict with him sitting on the couch going like, "What am I doing?" You yeah, know? I so it's like, okay, well, which is it? You know? Yeah. And why are you floating there for so long when people are need your help? And why do you? you know? like, why are you dragging like a full minute just like? Why are you dragging a ship on its side? That wasn't explained either. How was he helping there? Yeah, I don't know. Understand. He's bringing back in the Titanic. What the fuck was that? I yeah. would, you know, I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, go anyway, on. so so all that stuff. I I overall I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was some some good action. Uh, I generally cheap, keep my my uh, check my brain at the door, as they say. But because we were doing the podcast, I kind of had to think a little bit about this stuff. And with a couple days to digest, it was like, ugh. Why? 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 Yeah, once you start thinking about it, yeah. Yeah, but if I don't think about it too much, it was a very entertaining movie. Pretty much exactly what I was expecting. And, you know, I'm not super, super invested into it. So I was cool with it. All right. And definitely enjoyed it a lot more than Man of Steel. Jamie? Um, I I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, There were definitely some holes. Definitely some unexplainable, you know, sequences to it and, like, basically the stuff that we went over tonight um i do enjoy that it's a new superhero genre that we can choose from outside of the marvel stuff as as much as i enjoy marvel's formula i think that it's becoming a little bit tired that we're seeing the same thing every movie um i still enjoy them all just because i enjoy that kind of nerd culture um, but I do like that we have a different option now that's a bit, well, that's absolutely gritty and dark. Um, as far as the holes of the movie, I think that any comic book movie uh, with this level of action to it is going to have some holes. I think that it's nearly impossible to make it flawlessly. Um, and Zack Snyder's not one to do that flawlessly. He's phenomenal from a visual perspective but just like you guys have said tying everything in not necessarily strong suit um i do like where it can bring the actual dc universe and all of the seeds that were planted and the conversation that it's actually generating in the nerd culture and that we're seeing so many blogs about it and so many stories about it um and that it's creating such a strong kind of reaction to it and i think that it's creating a a newfound level of confidence from a studio perspective that you can do something dark and gritty and still actually bring in numbers like 700 million dollars so i think that this will breed more movies like this and the more that we see the better that they hopefully get okay all right that's 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 a very nice review um, I'm going to give it maybe, um, I'm going to maybe look at this two ways. Okay. On one end, if you are the average consumer, 
and that is not to say that you're dumb or uninformed, but if you have a little bit of information and you want to take out the fam, or rather you want to take out the girlfriend or your friends, and you want to go see a movie, and you want to you know see the IMAX kind of whatever 3D experience slash explosions and action and uh, nothing nothing disastrous in terms of plot or acting that's going to have you like smacking your yourself in the forehead like Prometheus level. Uh, this movie certainly does not suck balls the way that the internet and and uh, you know just like this outrage that's going on. It is not a catastrophe in any any certain any way or form. I would give it a solid 6 or 7 out of 10 for the regular moviegoers experience. And uh, the worst that maybe they'll feel is that it was a little bit joyless and a little bit, you know, violent, but for violence sake, uh, with a very tedious last 10 minutes of exposition and watching people look more dour than ever and um, kind of a bit of an anticlimactic ending, if you will. From the comic book or geek perspective, I would say that this movie was hugely problematic. Uh, if you accept that this is the versions that we have to go with, I would say that I I hate the Superman. I really hate him. I don't find him interesting. I don't nothing. I still don't know anything after two movies. I don't fucking know a thing about him. I feel like we he never got to explore any of his personality, his thoughts, his ideas. He just makes mopey faces and occasionally delivers lines. And he's at odd times menacing and weirdly violent and creepy. Uh, you know. The bat is dead. If, I, if you see that sign again, don't go to it or I'll fuck you up. You know, like, what What the fuck? What was that all about, you know? Uh, and at other times, he just mopey, smiley, and trying to do rom-com-y stuff with, um, with Lois, who Amy Adams, by the way, looked terrible in this movie. I don't know what's happened to her or if it's just a crisp, a high definition. She seemed weathered. She looked like she was entering, like... Uh, Irish pub like redhead waitress <laughs> territory and I don't think that that's necessarily something that should count against her mm. like Lois the original Lois Lane wasn't like a supermodel either and nor should she be but it was distracting how rough she looked in this movie a little bit, yeah. and she looked tired exhausted and also like not really into it uh, Batman big thumbs up uh, I feel like he could have carried all the movie by himself and uh, most of the bad stuff Basically was... did. <laughs> yeah, most of the bad stuff for me was on point. The fight was good. Um, that was fine. Lex Luthor despised the version they went with. Uh, hey, Jesse Eisenberg or whatever the fuck his name is. He, he he's, he's like... He just like grates on my nerves. He does the same fucking high-pitched, squealy... Uh, stuttery nerd bullshit every fucking movie I see with him he's, he's a he's a stuttering nervous idiot genius nerd little like he's doing the same thing over and over I hated his jerk off hair his jerk off clothes his his lack of motivation he was just fucking irritating and don't I, hold back it was just I was as a fan I was preach, just like preach. I love Lex Luthor I love Lex Luthor I think he's such a great character and they, they took none of the parts that I find interesting uh, and made him completely useless and uh, irritating. Um, as a setup, sure, part of me is excited. I want to see what they do this with this in the future. I really hope Zack Snyder takes a backseat role and gives hands over this some of the stuff to some other people. He will have to. He's not going to be able to make all these movies. Mm. But I'm I'm eager to see someone else approach DC. 
material and uh, enough of the rock and roll uh, Monday night football treatment of DC. But I haven't given up hope on it. So as a fan, I'll give it like a six, a five to a six, six on ten. And I will say worth the money. But like Richard said, don't don't dig dig too deep. Yeah. All right. I agree with that for the most part. So everyone's alive. No blood has been shed. <laughs> I think because G wasn't here. Because G wasn't here. Oh, yeah, shit. Oh, my God. He's probably wrecking. What do you hear? this? Uh, oh. He's going to be just like, uh, he's going to do like a Kylo Ren. He's just going to be like. Throwing <laughs> lamps and like. <laughs> he's been jumping in apartment. on a bunch of my threads on <laughs> Facebook already fuckers. all week. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, get, uh, he's, why are you defending this movie so much? I'm like, you haven't even seen the movie yet. Go see it for We're going to be on found. His knees shaking his yeah. fist at the sky going, <laughs> We're going to be found with our throats torn out in like three weeks from now as the, the podcast mysteriously disappears. Huh? And so be it. He's always welcome here. Absolutely. And we have insurance. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Jamie. Thank you for having me, man. It's always a blast. Yeah, it's good times. Always fun. Thank you. Check us out on iTunes. Uh, rate, subscribe, uh, leave us some comments on uh, SoundCloud. Yep. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. Um, spread the word if you like what we're doing Um, let us know if you have thoughts about the show and uh, you know send us messages if you want to be part of the show and if you think you have something cool to contribute fire in the hole podcast at gmail.com there you go so fire fire in the hole podcast on itunes on stitcher on soundcloud check it out and thank you for listening thanks very much guys